Do not leave your weed right laying around. Because the, the last thing you want is your dog eating your, your good weed. It's a waste of weed. We have uh, a big live show. I think it's the Battle of the Douchebags coming up next on uh, No Agenda Stream. If you're at trollroom.io. Yes, it is. It's uh, live. The Battle of the Douchebags. Part 8 with uh, Sir Seat Sitter, Midnight Mike, Tom Starkweather, Gwoof. Uh, and Adam from DGRP. My goodness. Hey, it's Battle Douchebags, part eight with Midnight Mike, Tom Starkweather, Adam from Death Gets Red Pilled, and Whoop the King of Kent, and this is a new live son of a bitch. Oh, absolutely six pack. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely six pack. Our bracket today is Howard Stern versus Prince Henry. Coming up after that, it's going to be Taika Watiti. I think I pronounced that right, versus Dom Pettit. Then after that, we got Opie, not Anthony. And then Eric Adams facing off against him. And finally on that final bracket, it's Kathy O'Toole versus Malcolm Nance. I do have some people to thank for this show. Um, I'm going to have to do it from memory because my phone died on me. But uh, I know I need to thank... Uh, Blackbeard, who came in with uh, 15 bucks. Uh, Betty came in with 10 bucks. A lot of these are from the last uh, month. I've been bad at recognizing donors, and I apologize for that. And um, we had, uh, oh, jeez, memory break. And we had Luke. Uh, didn't know if I wanted, he wanted me to use his last name, but Luke came in with 3333. We had... Uh, Anonymous donor, unless they email me, they're going to be anonymous with $111.11. Uh, row of ones there, row sticks. And uh, Sir Wes of the Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash podcast coming in with 200 bucks. So I thank all those people very much that uh, helped me pay for my new laptop that I uh, wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise. So thank you, guys. Thank you all. And uh, without further ado, oh, and let me thank Nestworks. Nestworks, obviously. Who does the art uh, for every battle of douchebags and does a damn good job of it, I might say. But uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into the battles. I will not be bringing any douchebags today because uh, I want to get this, uh, as Dr. McCullough said on Unity, I want to get this esteemed panel all here together. Very esteemed panel. Here we have Midnight Mike of OBDM. Great show, great guy, great chicken milker. Hey, thanks. Nice to be here. <laughs> And uh, Tom Stark with her. No agenda show mixer and photographer extraordinaire. Hello. Absolutely incredible. And uh, Gwoof, the king of Kent over there in the UK. Let's get the amuse-bouche for the douche on. <laughs> and uh, Adam from the Deborah Gets Red Pill podcast, the podcast where he red pills his mother-in-law. It's a great show. Great time and uh, a great concept. So I, I'm glad that you're still doing that. And you have a couple other shows on that same feed, Adam. All good, all good stuff. Yeah, I got I'm doing it all over there. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor to be amongst so much no agenda royalty. And I, I guess I just kind of breeze nah. breeze past uh, Goof and Tom's podcast. Tom, of course, has um, the uh, oh god, it's the, the Melodious Owls. Owls. Yeah, where you interview, you interview fellow no agenda show mixers, and it's that's great. Um, and, uh, and in between that, he drops his uh, his end of show mixes. Yes, which is always worth a listen. Thank you for your courage. And uh, Goof is uh, teamed up with CSB for the AI Dot Cooking podcast, where 
Yes. Now, does, does CSB DC, write that DC for Girl you? for Smashcast now. Because yeah, he does the transcript, and I laugh my way through it. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, that's great. All right, well, yeah, that's, um, I think I... I'm sorry if I missed any producers. I will uh, remedy that um, if I did. But uh, thank you guys we'll uh, so much. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> I had a it all, all up my phone in my <laughs> freaking died five minutes ago. He's a pro. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, if unless any has anybody has anything else, how about we just jump into this first bracket? Yeah, let's do let's it. Good. Woo! All right. Well, it's our it's uh, Howard Stern versus Prince Andrew, and I'm just going to go in order of who's on top of the. The bracket here, so I'm going to say Prince Andrew, you're up first against Howard Stern. That's uh, that's you, Mister King of Kent. Well, I'll step up to the bat first off and knock your socks off. That's absolutely fine by me. Um, so to, obviously uh, we've got Prince Prince Andrew, terrible human being, right? Am I right? He doesn't sweat. It's better. I don't know. You got to sell me on it. You know. Well, we can we can all see from very afar. We can smell him downwind. You know, from his terribleness. This uh, he's a terrible person. <laughs> He doesn't have B.O. though, so it's harder to smell him. Well, that's, that's a good argument to make, I have to say. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, if we're further along down the line, we might get, and we'll, we'll see if he actually does or he doesn't, won't we? So, let's start Those with, reptile uh, shits are the worst. He's right, yeah. They're very hard. They're very hard to pass. Yeah. So I've heard. I don't have any myself, only when I'm phasing in and out of this dimension. Um, yeah, let's do the old uh, Randy one. 50 seconds long. Now see what we got ourselves into here. We've come to Buckingham Palace in highly unusual circumstances. Normally, we'd be discussing your work, your duty. We'll come on to that. But today, you've chosen to speak out. Our stories are true. We say me too. For the first time. Why have you decided to talk now? Because... And there is no good time to talk about um, Mr Epstein and um, all things associated. Um, and uh, um, we've been talking uh, to Newsnight for about six months about doing something around the work that I was doing. Um, and unfortunately, we've just not been able to um, fit it into either your schedule or my schedule um, until uh, now. And actually, it's a very good opportunity, and I'm delighted to be able to see you today. No. Nice work. Isn't he doing a good thing? He's doing a good thing, right? He's standing. He's standing up for his mistakes. He's going on news night. Nobody's advised him to do it, apart from people that like to do pranks and stuff, I suppose. But here he is, <laughs> about to be grilled by someone <laughs> after everybody knows he's being a- hanging out with the world's most famous kiddie peddler <laughs> like, you can't you can't move in the on the planet on on in the realm these days without bumping into someone who knows exactly about jeffrey epstein so yeah it's out there not only peddler but, uh, well i guess peddler and procure i was thinking diddler yeah, yeah. peddler yeah he procures diddler. and pedals that's the same thing it's like pedaling a bicycle he's just Except he's just a terrible another terrible human being and a creep and what is a prince doing hanging out with him in the first place? I don't know. You can you can tell me because racking my brain here. Think what could it be? Let's face it. Well, he'll explain, won't he? So let's hear number two, and we'll see what more he's got to say about the subject. As you say, all of this goes back to your friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. How did you mm. first become friends? How did you meet? Well, I met through his girlfriend. <laughs> Um, back in 1999, who um, and I'd known her since uh, she was at university uh, in the UK, 
Um, and it would be, to some extent, a stretch to say that, that um, uh, as it were, we were close friends. I mean, we were friends because of other people. Um, and I had a lot of opportunity to um, uh, go to the United States, um, but I didn't have much time with him. I suppose I saw him once or twice a year, perhaps maybe maximum of three times a year. And, oh, shit! Um, quite often... If I was in the United States and doing things, it, and if he wasn't there, he would say, well, why don't you come and use my houses? So I said, that's very kind. Thank you very much indeed. I'm so happy that the editor of Newsnight really knows how to slapstick, it up, slapstick up his content because he did a really bang-up job with the editing on this one. I just li- lifted this straight from the BBC, everyone. I know. It's, it was almost like Dvorak-esque a little bit there. Very good. <laughs> Something yeah, about his got to tone is it. very uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, with some added oh, you know, snootiness. Okay. When in doubt, go to Snopes.com. But like yeah. if he was in trouble. <laughs> no, he was in trouble. Remember when he uh, he asked that woman if he wanted to give him a Native American hug or something, and he, he had all those Probably. allegations. <laughs> but then he got that show with Seth MacFarlane, and they, they, had seized, they had to do season two, so I think they kind of... Just swept that under the rug. Uh, All right. What? Uh. So you're at. Uh, well, know. yeah. No. So uh, so far, I mean, he's obviously a total douchebag. Uh, the way he talks, the way he looks. Uh, if you could see the video alongside some of this stuff, you'd you'd be well on board with me. I don't have to sell it any more than the. Uh, it's at times you're just sitting there, you're thinking, keep talking, dude, because you just <laughs> sprekenzi zidush, you know. I like that. That's a good one. Um, so you, you're about. Wow. To, uh, I well, don't know. Fi- if any- let's fin- finish up my f- my first val- volley here with yeah. the the last one. Uh, it's 36 seconds long. I don't know where I'm at with my time limit. You're uh, uh, about two minutes in. Short. So, yeah. Oh, we can waffle on for about five minutes. In. That's good. Well, no, I, I, it's a it's a three three minutes a clip. So you're about two minutes into that. But uh, uh, but yeah. the presentation does that have limits? I'm not a huge stickler about it. We just it's just something we had to implement to keep the show moving because it was getting out of hand after a while. <laughs> but so as long yeah, as as long as we good. as long as we don't linger on anything too long, we'll be okay. Well, let's keep this this Randy Pants train moving then, shall we? All right, clip three, right? Clip three, my last one um, this round. But it would be it would be um, a, a, a considerable stretch to say that he was a very very close friend. But he had the most extraordinary um, ability to bring um, uh, extraordinary people together, uh, and that's the bit that I remember is going to the dinner parties where you would meet academics, politicians, people from the United Nations. I mean, it was a it was a it was a cosmopolitan group of. What I would describe as as U.S. Um, eminence. Oh well. <laughs> nice work. What a what a guy, right? What a guy. I mean, he's literally outing everyone without outing anyone, and saying, "Oh, the reason I was there was because everyone else was there." <laughs> oh um, man. Well, he's even a douche to his own douchebag friends. It's just, uh, <laughs> that's true. Prime douche. What a guy. Um, yeah. It's any, any other thoughts on him douche. before we move on to, uh, the broadcasting legend, Howard Stern? Uh, I, I would, I would, I would say this. Uh, if I can interject here, since I'm going up against you, I think you displayed that he's uh, obviously lying 
and that he is trying to uh, downplay his involvement with Epstein. But I don't know if you really highlighted the douchiness. Um, I don't know. Maybe you got some more well, clips yeah. uh, coming up. Well, I like. To, I mean, everyone knows the 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 sort of swarmy, weird old uh, prince who's had too much story. We've had it in every fairy tale forever, and the douchebag in every story is normally the prince. But um, he's just a terrible human being, and of course, I've got more up my sleeve. We've only just scratched the surface. I hey, I, mean, I, I, I hope you do. <laughs> what does uh, I would say? I would say he's the is, uh, he's the alpha douche. What does the average normie British person think of him? Is he held in high regard, or do most people uh, believe that he's a total fiddler? Absolute turd. A lot of nobody really. Well, it's a very it's a very third rarely thing to talk to to older people because they might have a little, especially nowadays, they might have a little heart attack or something. You got to be there with a defib just in case. Um. You got to remember the coverage rate. It's a it's a very successful spell that they've got going on. And um, hey, your cock is over here learning lessons and putting stuff together. Uh, don't call my cock myself the cock for nothing. Not what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it takes one, you know, to know one as far as douches go. And I'd say I'm a pretty big douche. So <laughs> I look at him, think, wow, there's a douche. You uh. Goofy asked me if, uh, to tell you if you need to jiggle your handle. If you don't mind jiggling that handle real quick, you're kind of popping a little bit. Ah, uh, shit, yeah. I'll, I'll jiggle the handle. Is that better? Uh, I'll let you know. Sounds better so far. But um, in the meantime, yeah. challengers approach. We got Howard Stern. All right. Let's do this. Well, for everyone who doesn't know, Howard Stern has been a radio broadcaster since the early to mid-'80s, broadcasting on FM radio, up until the early 2000s, in which time he went to Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Well, back in the year 2000, during uh, his uh, one of his co-hosts' uh, news segment, uh, Robin was reading the news and was reading about a suggestion, a medical suggestion that everyone should take note of. Here is this clip. It's 53 seconds long. Some elderly gamblers in Atlantic City rolled up their sleeves for better health. They got flu shots yesterday at Bally's Park Casino Hotel. I would never do that. I would never get a flu shot. Really? I remember the year Ronnie got the flu shot. Ronnie, the limo driver, Uh was out of work for about six weeks. Yes, but I have taken the flu shot every year for the last three years. Mm. I think Ronnie went to like the post office. Well, he went to yeah, some some just a drugstore. Yeah, go to a doctor. (laughs) Went to a (laughs) drugstore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got so violently ill from it. Did they give him a needle he did himself or something? I don't know. I don't know. Just about. Well, you know how they set up a little table and they say, come and get your flu shot. I know they tried to give him the flu shot and they broke the needle on his moles. <laughs> got caught in the hair. The hair? Oh. <laughs> well, some of the seniors said they'd work out any soreness they developed on the slot machines. There's Howard Stern in the year 2000, right around maybe 1999, saying he would never get a flu shot. And Howard Stern is on record. He is a very big proponent of almost like a mind over matter. Like a lot of sicknesses are self-induced that you can think yourself into a sickness. And Howard Stern has been in therapy for many, many years, OCD-related, various psychoses or psychosises. Um, and he has been, uh, I, I, as far as I remember, never a big proponent of flu shots. 
And that is just a, a little slice. Uh, and then I'll have something here in a second that will, uh, well, obviously be the polar opposite. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. Go for it. Cause, uh, maybe he go. got it from shaking Howie Mandel's hand. Oh, good. It's possible. Is he, is he like a terrain theory guy then? Is he one of those guys? No. He's not, uh, no, uh, well, so he may have been, better, but he's still, the, Wolfie, I you're, don't uh, the shopping. Tr- yeah, you came, you're coming in and out. I'll get some duct tape on it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I guess to your question, no, I don't believe Howard Stern has even heard the term terrain theory or anything like that. When it comes to like the, his thought that I think it goes back to, uh, a doctor, Dr. Sarno where, you can talk yourself into a sickness. It's almost like a, a placebo kind of a effect where if you think that you're taking a pill that makes you better then whether it's a sugar pill or not, it does have some measurable effect on your body and your, your, your mental well-being. Uh, and so he's along those lines, but something has happened. And this is now where Howard Stern stands on, I guess, vaccines. And we could probably say, any vaccine, maybe a flu vaccine, but here we go. Here's his, here's his opinion now as of 2021. I, I didn't even want to spend a lot of time on COVID and vaccination and all the heads in our country who won't get vaccinations. They're like, I don't want you guys worship Dr. Fauci. Meanwhile, they go to the doctor and get they'll take horse dewormer yeah. from a doctor. You know, like I heard Joe Rogan was saying, he, he, he says, what do you, what do you bust in my balls? I've got I took, COVID. Yeah. He goes, I took a horse, horse dewormer. Yeah. And a doctor gave it to me. I'm, well, a doctor would also give you the vaccine. So why, <laughs> why, why, why take horse dewormer? I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden it's like, uh, we don't want to take this vaccine. We got, it was always mandatory. When I went to school, measles, mumps, you name it, polio. All I'm doing is speaking common sense. We have a cure for this dreaded COVID, and we're not taking it. Take it. Make people take it the same way we take polio vaccines and every other vaccine. Well, there we go. The uh, Howard Stern, uh, the, the guy who said, I would never take a flu vaccine, is now essentially taking flu vaccines and telling everyone that they should do it and also trying to get, talk people into mandating it. He has spent the last two and a half, three years living in his uh, palace down in Florida and also probably uh, a Hamptons house broadcasting from his basement uh, since the pandemic, never really leaving his house, trapped there with his wife, Beth. They've only recently left the house to go out to dinner because I think they were guilted into it. And I think that his wife is quite frankly sick and tired of Howard Stern and him constantly being fearful of getting COVID. Uh, he's so, he was so scared of getting COVID that his limo driver, his longtime limo driver, Ronnie, the one he mentioned in the first clip, Ronnie wanted to come by his house just to wave hi during the pandemic. And, <laughs> Howard said, no, don't even drive past my house. He, uh, Howard was so freaked out that he didn't even want his beloved friend, the most loyal guy that he's ever had on staff, to even come by and wave at him during isolation. And that is why I believe Howard Stern is a bigger douchebag than Prince Andrew. Well, he, w- he wouldn't leave his house. He won't leave his house. 
Maybe love- he was already gone. Maybe that's why he didn't want him to turn up because he was already on a on a party, you know, on a beach somewhere, partying. Nah. I I also love how Howard Stern said, "Well, I heard Joe Rogan say." Oh, so I'm taking a horse to Wormer. It's like, yeah, I remember Joe Rogan saying that verbatim. I'm taking horse to Wormer. <laughs> it's like, no, I think he called it ivermectin. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, got a yeah, dose fuck. of the message. Yeah, it's, and the, the list of people that he recently went out to dinner with is could all could all be on the show at a future date if you ever do any more, Chris. It, it's an extra level. I got to wonder <laughs> if... I, I gotta say, wonder if he actually cheated, like, Chris Cuomo. Or, like, oh, yeah, I'm just staying home. And then, like... Maybe he went out for it's one, possible. one secret trip. It's possible. I mean, he was obviously traveling during that time. He probably has his uh, private jet that would allow him to travel from the Hamptons down to Florida. Um, and he, he built James. out his studio. Like he, he built out his studio. So he built out his home studio to broadcast from, but to do interviews, like if the Foo Fighters showed up, the Foo Fighters would still go to the studio in New York City sit there in like the old Howard studio or XM studio and talk to Howard on the screen while the rest of Howard's staff is there pretty much running the show while he's at his home studio. And they, and they, and they shot it. They kind of shoot it in a way to where if you're just casually watching, it, it gives you the illusion that Howard's in the same room with these guys. Uh, um, but no, he's a, uh, he's at home and I don't blame him, yeah. but there's something, uh, there's something extra douchey also about uh, somebody who was always as – like Prince Andrew, you know, he's always been an elitist douchebag royal, who, which who is super douchey. But there's something just even worse about somebody that was always anti-authority, just completely yep. flipping on a dime and becoming just a complete shill. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine being a perfect example of a douchey that's, band. That's what happened to Howard. Howard was always pretty much – a rebel, anti-establishment, making fun of Hollywood uh, when secretly, possibly, deep down inside, he really wanted to be a part of that group. And he made fun of the Hollywood elite until he had the opportunity to join them. And at which point in time, once he did officially join them, uh, he decided to take up the mainstream narrative. That happened right around 2013, which is uh, my next set of clips that I will talk about if I happen to win this bracket. He's, All right, he's, so he's really uh, earning a lot of money then, isn't he? They must be taking a lot of money to to do all that. Uh, well, Howard Stern is worth a, a considerable amount of money, over $100 million. I mean, his initial Whoa. satellite, uh, his initial serious satellite contract for a five-year contract for the Howard Stern show, once it left uh, FM radio, was for $500 million. That was the contract. Now, that included wow. his his salary... I believe much of his staff salary, and that's, uh, uh, that's a lot more than sort of Prince Andrew would get. I would, yeah. I don't know what uh, his uh, Andrew's uh, annual salary is for. A lot uh, less. A lot less yeah. Than that. Let's be honest. If Prince Andrew had a uh, radio broadcast, it would probably be pretty boring. I would tune in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Five, uh, Howard Stern was, was on uh, uh, like Howard listener, Stern. Listenership of Howard Stern was uh, on par, if not bigger, than Rush Limbaugh for a while there. I believe. It was. Now it has dwindled. Uh, it has dwindled down to where I believe he's not even getting a million uh, listeners for his satellite radio. And at the height of his satellite listenership, it's probably right around, I would say, uh, 5 to 10 million on FM. It was uh, up near Limbaugh, which was anywhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 15 million a day. 
I feel like Joe so. Rogan ate a lot of his audience. Yeah. Absolutely. He's notoriously anti-podcast, right? Yeah, he hated he hates podcasts and he uh initially when podcasts started to become of uh prominence, uh he uh just said it was uh, meaningless, is pointless and he really went off to uh Ari Shafir and his podcast and then anybody associated with uh, Ari and uh, that gave a lot of uh, notoriety to, to Ari and uh it just shows that how behind the times uh he really was. He should have been putting out uh, the best of Howard Stern, one to two hour podcast every week, like Opie and Anthony were doing. And Opie and Anthony had to beg Sirius to do that because they understood podcasting was a lot more powerful than satellite radio at that time. Would it have earned him any more money though doing that? Uh, no, but it, it gets you eyes and it gets you clicks and it gets people on your YouTube channel, and that's what really matters in the long run is to stay relevant. And Howard Stern thinks in order to stay relevant, you need celebrity interviews and to go after Donald Trump and to promote the vaccine. Yeah, Fuck him. What a douchebag. Yeah. Um, He's a so piece yeah, of Two major douches going head-to-head. -head. Um, if, if that's it for you, Mike, we can open the polls and the phone lines. That's it for me. All right. Well, who's the bigger douche, Howard Stern or Prince Andrew? Go ahead and follow me since I'm around the polls this time. Uh, Sir Seat Sitter at noagendasocial.com. Uh, you can get there on Mastodon or other instances. And uh, we'll open these phone lines up if you want to call us and weigh in on who you think is the bigger douchebag. Give us a call at 865-465-6271. That's 865-465-6271. Phone lines are open. That poll's going to last uh, five minutes, and uh, by then we'll find out who wins. We got a call already. Let's see. Caller, you're on the air. It's Battle of Douchebags Part 8. How you doing? Hey, I just want to say, first and foremost, that I think you all have a phenomenal lineup of douchebags. It's a clear showing of just the douchiest of the douches, and I want to say good game to everybody that's coming to participate. you got a great cast of voices. I love all of y'all. You do the good work. And I just want to come out and say that while being a pedophile is definitely a pretty douchey thing to do, I can't <laughs> think of anything more douchier than to turn your back on the counterculture and start shilling for the mainstream. <laughs> I agree. Great we'll points. say caller. There you go. It, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate here. you you see these, you see these voices like Jello Biafra, that big job of the hut fuck. He's coming out saying, sorry, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., sorry, anti-vaxxers, but I suck the corporate cock now. Yeah. It's the so same he's, he's one of very many, that's same what he's saying. He's, uh, there's very many of him, but there's only kind of one, Prince Andy Pants, Randy Andy, goes to wars when they're not even meant to be a war and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and what kind of crease doesn't gun sweat? Gun running and... Gun yeah, running? We all, we've got very many pictures of him sweating. I missed, I missed this gun running. What's going on with that? Yeah, he was out in Kazakhstan. Uh, he's a, a, a known arms dealer bought his house for like three million above the asking price when it couldn't sell for two years. And then the gun runner just demolitioned it and bulldozed the whole thing down. Caller, you're on the air. It's Battle of Douchebags 8. How you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, maybe maybe 
maybe Sir Andrew, ah, fucking Prince Andrew, is a bigger douchebag. But uh, throughout the through those clips, Howard Stern, fucking, he's he's king of the douches in this one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the clips win you over. Right, right. Not enough, not enough clown horn. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's. Maybe there's uh, more Andrew clips that we're not being. We're, we're not hearing right now. But you could just, just drop a needle clips. into anything the douche has done, and it's uh, it's classic stuff. I mean, like this guy's just. I, well, it's hard to hate people with a British accent. I think Andrew's accent. dropped a needle into a it lot really of is. douches for for all of us. You guys are too trusting. Didn't you have a whole sort of separation thing, an emancipation agreement in seventeen seventy? Yeah, that was a mistake. We need to go back. It wasn't because maybe, of the act uh, left, to be fair. Maybe a transformation makes you a bigger douche. Like, if you were always a douche, <laughs> no big deal. Howard Stern was always a douchebag. He was. He was uh, but he was a working class. He was a, he was a spokesman for the working class douchebag. When he became a shill for the elite douchebag, that's when he started to lose a lot of uh, integrity and a lot of support. So do you think he like genuinely changed overnight, or there was there like uh, he was grifting the working class in order just to get to a upper echelon? No, because he changed overnight. Similar to Andy. he was even at the turn of the century. He was being a douchebag to to his uh, to the guys that were working with him on the show. So it wasn't. Well, I bet that's funny. Thing. That's for the show, and I can go into that, but. Really, the change started happening right around 2012 with the hiring of a new management PR company. And that's when his image really started to change. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, how, how much do you think it was uh, him getting married to Beth, Mike? Partial. Um, yeah. I, th I think overall it softened him quite a bit. It's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but people did like the, the, the working class guys, they did like hearing Howard Stern, uh, while he was initially married to his first wife, had kids. There's something identifiable to that. And, uh, when he went through the Howard Stern single, uh, single phase, it was kind of weird. But overall, I thought he had a great show up until 2012, 2013. Yeah, those E episodes. All right, were sounds like the pool's wrapping up. Thanks for the yeah. We let gotta let you go, caller. Sorry. Thank you for your call. Yep. All right, we're coming in at the end here. All right, let's see these final results, shall we? Um, I well, love that countdown theme, so good. It's uh, it's looking like Howard Stern came out on top. Uh, Sixty-five percent of the vote, thirty-four for thirty-four people that? voting. Prince Andrew there with a solid 35%. An admirable showing. Did you almost say 30 poor people? 30 poor people voting. No, 35. <laughs> 34 people voting. Now I'm confused. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, if nobody can tell. Or the night before. I got, oh. I got to say, I'm kind of amazed. Uh, is, uh, you, if you found a bigger douche than Andy Pants, then he has to win this thing. Uh, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to prove to me how douchey this douche is, because... Okay. Like I said, need a drop with Andy. I've done seven of these before this, uh, most of them with either Blueberry or Lavish or both, and my ability to predict who is going to win these things, each matchup, is astoundingly terrible. Like, I, you never know who's going to really, uh, who's going to really pull it out. Uh. You never know who the, uh, you never know all the, how many weebs are on Mastodon too, just voting on random polls they see on the main, fe main federated timeline, but, uh, um, uh -huh. all right. 
Well, that's, uh, we did get a couple, I, sorry, like six people called in and I, I tried to like slowly go through and put one on hold while I went to the other. It didn't pan out, but we did get a couple voicemails in. Um, Hi, Prince Andrew is definitely the bigger douchebag as he has raped young girls. Ready? Um, <laughs> Howard Stern, as far as I know, has only raped grown women. This is Roger. Oh. Hi, Gwiff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't. E- I don't even know if you could say say that about Howard Stern. I, I, I think those are all just uh, accusations. I don't think he, he he's not that kind of guy. He wouldn't do that. Well, you know him, do you? Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm an archivist. I I do listen to him. So I, while I'm his, like a he's lawyer in this aspect, son, I'm not going to say something that he isn't. You know? Uh, wow. Yeah, Stern. I don't hard enough to the level of bag The callers seem to be wanting Prince Andrew, but the the poll where it all really counts. The callers call in to try to sway the vote, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, those voicemails played after the vote ended. But uh, it's still, regardless, Howard Stern, and we do get a uh, we typically give a courtesy playout clip uh, to the loser of each round uh, before we move on. So, if you want to play one more singular clip of Prince Andrew Goof, and every other clip that didn't get played will be at the end of the show. Oh, okay. Uh, well, might as well just crack on with a nice short one to keep the thing rolling on. Uh, six. Needle drop. Let's see what this one is. He was your guest as well. In 2000, Epstein was a guest at Windsor Castle and at Sandringham. He was brought right into the heart yes, of the but, royal family at your but, invitation. But uh, certainly at my invitation, not at the royal family's invitation, but remember that it was his girlfriend... That was the key element in this. He was the, as it were, plus one to some extent in, in, you, in, that, in that aspect. Am I right in thinking you threw a, a birthday party um, for Epstein's girlfriend, Galen <laughs> Maxwell, at Sandringham? No, it was a shooting weekend. A shooting weekend. Just a straightforward, <laughs> straightforward shooting weekend. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> He remembers yeah. it so accurately that he was able to correct her. And no, it wasn't a birthday party. That was a different weekend. We did shooting this weekend. Yeah, like they shooting literally that means they let the kids go, and then they go and shoot the ones with the that they can see with the little armbands on that are the right colors. God. Yeah, they seem like too much. Nice tea movie. If that's not just like the douchiest douche thing I could ever think of, I don't know. But obviously, I, I could withdraw. I think you, you may have made your case on that. You, I maybe you should have led with that one because I could withdraw Howard Stern. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, you know. Oh, sometimes yes. That was a good clip. Douchebag court of appeals. I don't know. Is, the, is no, there an appeal fair, court? If, if he is, if he is the douchiest douchebag alive, then Howard Stern has got to be a. A terrible human being. So I would, I would love to hear some more. <laughs> well, so let's, let's I, as well, this is not, the, this is, this is not a vote on terribleness or evilness. This is right. a vote on you know, This is a point I have tried to stress throughout the entirety of this show, which is just because you're an evil piece of shit. Like George yeah. Soros won, uh, uh, a while back and he was the top douche. And I was like, well, is he a douchebag or is he a James Bond villain? Cause being a James Bond villain doesn't necessarily, like douchebag could be 
a lot of things. It's a different bracket. Yeah. Isn't the severity of crimes that yeah. doesn't necessarily equate to the right. extreme. Yeah, but doesn't that mean that they're like bags? next level douchebags? It depends on your like, definition yeah, of douchebag. Like one level. Yeah. And then there's a whole nother level of douchebag that's. Like was Jeffrey really Dahmer a douchebag? Or was he a suave, handsome man both. who did evil shit? Like he might, like a douchebag yeah. is partly like, um, what you, what you say, how you act, and how you present yourself. I sometimes think you, more than what you, you do. If you spoke to the the victim's parents, they would definitely say he's he's more than a douchebag. But douchebag would be amongst what they would consider him to be for sure. Yeah. They're gonna execute him because he's like a killer, not because he's a douchebag. <laughs> well, to but. be clear, Prince Andrew's definitely a douchebag, but is, yeah, he's a douche but, is, do, but he's it? mostly just an evil royal and probably a lizard. And can reptiles be douchey? Person. That's a good question. You gotta have Only a lizard bracket. Um, oh, yeah. Alright, so let's, let's, uh, that in everyone. <laughs> let's keep it rolling here. Uh, next up, it's gonna, can you help me pronounce this guy's name? Uh, Takawatiti. Takawatiti. And, uh, who is he? He's a director of movies. Yes. Yeah, he's done a couple of good ones, but then recently he's done a very bad one, which was, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. And I thought I'd sit through it just to do this show because as soon as I saw his smarmy little face, I thought, well, there's a douchebag for you. <laughs> he and, definitely um, looks the part of everybody. I think of everybody on the art that Nestworks made. He's got to look the most douchey. He's kind of like the, the Adam Conover of this episode because Adam was definitely looked the most douchey on that one that we're boobery about him. And then, um, Adam, if you want to give us a quick uh, sentence or two on Don Pettit, if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, Don Pettit is a NASA astronaut and chemical engineer. He's uh, NASA's oldest astronaut. He's done two extensive tours of duty at the International Space Station. And he is, um, if we're going to be completely positive about him, the best you could say is that he's an idiot savant because he gets uh, rolled out in front of the cameras to do a lot of uh, PR work for NASA. And it is a strange choice, definitely. He's a fun, wacky guy, but pretty douchey. If you want to go back into the abs and the six-pack archives, you can hear a great show with some Don Pettit uh, content in there that Sir Seat Sitter, Metis, and I all did. It's a fun show. Yes, we also called a couple and planetariums and talked to him about Flat Earth. That is a good one. Yeah, Hawaiian <laughs> planetariums and talked to him about the uh, Tim Allen radiation the belts. The Tim Allen belts and the firmament and all that, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's. Uh, so we're petit start- means small, right? In French, petite. Petite. Yes. See. Si. Petite. Oui. Um, yeah. Um, so let's let's start with uh, let's start with uh, God. I, every time I look at this name, I get intimidated. The director guy. What did he? What did he? Yes. What did he? He's first up here. He is. Yeah. And uh, I just would be true to form and go from one to to wherever. You just tell me when you've had enough of this douchebag. All right. This is his acceptance speech for his Oscars when he won the Oscars. Thank you to the producers of the film, Kathy Neal um, and Chelsea Wynn Stanley, who was there right from the beginning. Thank you, guys. Um, Many other people that I want to thank, but I won't because I can't remember them. Um, Well, (laughs) hey, that was me at the that was me at the top of the show. Of people, of producers, thank. I don't remember all, of them, but there's one I did. Rem- I'm sure I missed like one or two or three, but there's one I did remember that I'm pretty sure I didn't mention at the top of the show, and that is Sir Vito, who uh, came up with the dollar douchebag campaign. So he put in uh, seventy two dollars for this episode because we have had officially seventy two douchebags on the show as of this show. So 
the oh, dollar a wow. douchebag campaign he's trying to get people to hop onto. Um, unfortunately, oh. this will be the that's uh, it caps at seventy two at least for now because um, the November six final showdown will be just eight douchebags that we've already had the winners of each round. So, and I don't know if I mentioned that at the top of the show, but whoever wins this will be uh, coming with us November six or at least sending in some clips. Uh, whoever the top douche is. But uh, yeah, sorry. Carry on. Um, uh, uh, Watiti. Um, that's it. This is really great. And I dedicate this to uh, all the indigenous kids in the world who uh, want to, uh, to do art and dance and write stories. We are the original storytellers and uh, we can uh, make it here as well. Uh, so, I mean, this guy, he's just... Ugh, he forget, and he says that's it, and then after he says that's it, he goes, his brain goes, what did you? You forgot to thank your heritage, and he's like, oh no, <laughs> I have to do some more. Um, you guys, at the end, after I've said that's it, I'm indigenous. You indigenous kids as well, you know, you can be like me, rich, shagging a pop star, you know, living life. Is he a uh, Caucasian person or is he actually indigenous? So his mum's Jewish and his dad's Polynesian. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to the bell before me. Oh, I won't do it now. <laughs> yeah. No, we do love both of those peoples, and there's good and bad in everyone. That's not what I heard was Kanye saying. <laughs> All right, what else we got from this guy? <laughs> that was just crickets on that. Jesus, I've said too much. Not, you've not done Kanye yet on the old douche thing, I suppose. No, Kanye's all... I voted for him, dude. I voted for that motherfucker what, for president. the battle of the douchebags? No, for oh, president. president. <laughs> he got more well, votes in, choice, in Tennessee than anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> you're getting a little spicy on yeah. that, uh, that mic level. I'm not oh. sure what's... I'm not sure if it's like... Uh, yeah. it's Before we started the show, Goof, the, your mic was sounding perfect perfect and like the further we get into the show yeah. now it's just getting crazy i don't know are you making out Uh-oh. with the mic <laughs> i hope they're not taking over you never know with these people the gremlins that are in your good. mic yeah that if you can just now. kind of fiddle with it uh but i'll play your uh, next clip if you want to set it up real quick before that oh yeah just go for it yeah let's watiti ourselves out of here all right we'll fix it are post. you looking forward to getting back to the thor marvel universe where are you on all that yeah, yeah, I'm, I am really looking forward. I love working with Chris, and um, and I've just uh, I've been writing, trying to get this, trying to break the story. <laughs> um, and I think now it's actually better to come up with the title of a film before writing it because then it informs it better. So Love and Thunder is uh, is that having that first is actually like has become. Easier to write the script than having to kind of come up with the story before the title. Can't wait. You obviously can't share anything about it, but I have a real stupid question. Can you guess a runtime for Thor: Love and Thunder this far in advance? You Just wanted me to ask this. Sixteen hours. <laughs> that is a stupid question. Is that a callback to the Last Jedi clip you had on a previous Battle of the oh, Backs? You know, lavish because they um, started with the title. Yeah, Lavish brought, uh, God, what's that name? Um, the Brian, dude Johnson. Johnson. Brian Johnson. Brian <clears throat> Johnson. Lavish brought him, yeah. and yeah, that guy was a, they, and the, this Watiti guy, um, I can't tell if his voice is because he's a foreigner or because he's like severely autistic or what, like why does he talk like that? 
I, th- I think it's a bit of both, probably. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? We got on this uh, next clip. Well, I'll keep keep going until you've had enough. That's what I said. Okay. I'll just keep I'll keep plowing through him until uh, I mean, until we hit three he's, minutes. He's terrible. This guy is a terrible human being. He's just a awful person. Well, this one. Uh... This will be the last one of the, uh, of the this will hit. I don't think you've a... seen that, that movie of his. It is awful. Absolutely dreadful. Yeah, it was not great, Ugh. but I'm just sick of all the Marvel not stuff, great. to be honest with you. Um, I think the it's last like one I liked really was the first the barrels so hard. Yeah. We don't well, need a new superhero well, movie every two weeks. I'm kind of over it. Um, all right. This will, this will take us just 10 seconds over the three minute mark. This one, I think, but I'll allow it. So I've heard the movie has a lot of deleted scenes, as you know. First of all, you. I'm sorry. Is he talking about Thor Love and Thunder here? Yes. He's interviewing him, Thor Love and Thunder. And the, it's got Chris Hemsworth, the Thor guy, the, which is plays the Norse goddy sort of Marvel thing. And then he's got the director sat next to him. So I've heard the movie has a lot of deleted scenes, as you know. First of all, you, yeah, I've heard this. Um, you guys are two for two. I, I, I love the way you guys work together. Like, I'm speaking for all fans when I say that. The movie's about two hours. I would have taken a four-hour movie. So what, how, how long was your first cut? Like, are there a lot of deleted scenes? It was about four hours. It was about four hours. It was and a lot of time on set, we were talking about this before, like when, in the moment, you're like, this is the greatest thing that anyone's ever filmed in the history of filming things. And you get into the edit, you're like, I still kind of like it. And yeah. then after about six months of it being in the movie, you realize <laughs> it's like it was fun on the day. It doesn't shit. have any business being in the movie. Batshit crazy, wild four-hour cut I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, you... Wait, wait. You actually saw... I saw yeah, yeah. He saw, saw it, too. Yeah. And it's I, wrong. I, I, it there was... are so many things in there. I mean, one day it will... It should be... <laughs> you, we need a director's cut. Like, or the... <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Cut. It's like the anyone's cut. The anyone's cut, yeah. Everything the assembly cut. of the film. The everything like, bagel. <clears throat> it was about four hours. It was like a Monty Python sketch. Yeah. I uh, see when people say the four hour cut, I'm like, oh, that's the assembly. People are never going to see it. But it was an actual. So it's a four hour actual movie. Pretty much. I wouldn't call it. A movie. I don't feel like it's more of an assembly. I think you're right. It's more of an assembly. <laughs> an assembling of like madness. It, look, a lot. It really like about five times. It just gives up on the story and just like just sits for like ten, fifteen the minutes. The story and was just sacrificed jokes. jokes. And then, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this: If you were to actually release like an extended cut of this movie that was longer than two hours, like how long do you think it would be? That actually, it seems you were really happy with. Would you do that? Would you ever go? I back don't know. I, I, I don't want so. to see any of the footage ever again in my life. Yeah, it's so tiring. Last thing I want to go is like, well, I guess I'll try that scene again. The film has got a strong structure now. Yeah, and anything else we put in like a big long scene, like you know. You know, like a bunch of soldiers going to have dinner with some French people on a river. You know, like, you know, if we put a big long scene like that and I feel like the film would suffer. Sorry about that. Oh my word. I didn't understand a word of the last two or three sentences he said. He's a, just a, he's a lunatic. Guys, <laughs> a lunatic. I love Jews! You're Jewish, right? <clears throat> uh, I'm actually, I'm actually not. I, I'm, I'm raised Roman Catholic, but I, I have a great affinity for Jewish people in Israel. You're gay. That's oh. what it. All right. <laughs> That's um... <laughs> the Jews know all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Israeli uh, men bases, everyone. <laughs> That's. I guess that's. Um... 
man, I don't know. What else, what else can you say about this guy? What, what else, do you have his IMDb? Maybe we can look at real quick before we move to Don Pettit. I mean, it doesn't, no, cause he's, he's married to this pop star called Rita Aurora. And my dad used to say, nonces, puffs and grasses, all men in mustaches. And he's that got sounds a real... like a condition. Re, re Aurora? Rita Aura. <laughs> Rita Aura. Oh, you have a case of Rita Aura. She was a couple of years below me in school. And my best mate, Sonny, used to, you know, finger her and stuff. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ah. He was a cool dude, Sonny. He got about with his two fingers. <laughs> uh, all right. Don Pettit. Is it Petit or Pet- it's Pettit, right? Is that how he pronounces it? It's Pettit, yes. Pettit. <laughs> That's, um. I don't know anyone that fingered Don, so I, I'm behind on that, that front. <laughs> um. Uh, probably Von Braun or something way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, you want me to get into it, Chris? Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're onto him. Um, just, yeah, whatever, set up whatever clip you want. Give your, give us your, uh, take on Don Pettit. Um, well, if you go back and listen to our episode, I don't believe we've gone to the moon ever. Um, I don't know what I think about space, but I don't believe that NASA's giving us the whole story. Um, I did my clips a little bit differently. I didn't, uh, separate them all out. So I just have one long three minute clip of a couple different things that we can just go, go through all at once. And, uh, so this first clip here is if you ever, if you know about Don Pettit, you've seen him do his clip on why we're, we're, how much he wants to go back to the moon, but why we're not doing it. And then, uh, so that's a, I think like a 50 second clip. And then right after that, we'll get into, um, one time at one of, on one of his trips to the, International Space Station, which is below the Tim Allen radiation belts, which is lower Earth <laughs> orbit, which I believe is as far as we can go. Oh, oh, oh. Um, he talks about having to uh, fix, troubleshoot, and fix a problem they got at the space station. So let's do it. All right. Yeah. And if, if any point, since it's a, it's a couple clips in one, if any point you want me to pause it to clarify something, just let me know. Okay. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. But Ooh. going to Mars should be uh, one of the next series of steps that humans do. The first step should be going back to the moon for a number of technical uh, reasons and exploration reasons, and then after that, Mars, maybe uh, high orbit in uh, Venus atmosphere, maybe going to Europa. There's all kinds of uh, targets to go to places of interest in our solar system. The, the only limit to human future is in our own imagination. We had... Okay, stop it. Pro- yeah, this guy... Can I just play the last five seconds some- that he just said? Because there's something weird about did- this is speaking pattern. Tom, did you do the soundtrack to this? <laughs> <laughs> places of interest in our solar system the the only limit to human future is did he have a stroke or something you know, he <laughs> yeah, talks he's... like this like all the it's so weird he talks like this all the time too i love and that he's, like, he's... Like, I, I don't have the iso anymore i thought i had it because i was looking for it but that one where he goes you go outside you can see planets you can see planets yeah. what the fuck yeah um why is is nasa just shoving it in our faces and and laughing at us by by using this guy 
Hey, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. You believe they, this shit? Yeah, dude, they believe yeah, the moon landing. What can we do next to make it even yeah. dumber? Yeah, let's put like some literally yeah. retarded people up there and tell them they're tell the yeah, this public. Yeah, we'll astronauts. go to whatever. We'll go to Kentucky. We'll go find some <laughs> kid with Down syndrome, and we'll make him the next uh, lead uh, astronaut and chemical engineer uh, for us. Oh God. Hmm. All right. Did you have so, something else you want me to Yeah, that's him. Uh, you know, he wants to go to Venus and Europa and do all sorts, even Mars, you know. But but first we got to, I don't know what he wants to do first, but it's going to be a painful process. So, To a human future is in our own imagination. We had a problem on one of our spacewalks where we were trying to unfold a beam that supports some lights on the outside of space station. And this beam was folded up into its uh, launch, for, for its launch uh, uh, state. Oh, and we oh, were oh. supposed to go out there. It's supposed to be a simple task where we just unfold it so it could be useful. Well, it was stuck. We couldn't get it to unfold. And we actually gave up on that spacewalk. And then we came back on another spacewalk sometime later with a solution on how we were going to unfold this uh, beam. And what we had was a hammer. And we had gotten permission from the flight directors on the ground to get out this big honking hammer that we have, which we had to borrow from the Russians because they had it on the Russian side of space station. (laughs) And the hammers we tend to have on the NASA side of the space station might be something that a jeweler would use to repair a watch, you know, a, a very precise little dainty hammer that you could do precision pounding with. But that wasn't <laughs> going to get this piece of machinery uh, free from its stuck state. So we borrowed this Russian hammer, and we went out on a spacewalk with this big hammer, and we had permission to start beating on this piece of spaceflight hardware. And again, this is a hardware that when it's on the ground... His, okay, I have to pause it. The ca- I'm going to back so it up. space like, is The fake. cadence of this guy is like the cadence of a three-year-old toddler telling you about like something they were... We were playing uh, in the backyard, and we found a hammer. And then we and, in the sandbox. Like, what? But that wasn't going to get this piece of machinery... Uh, free from its stock state. So we borrowed this Russian hammer and we went out on our spacewalk with this big hammer and we had permission to start beating on this piece of spaceflight hardware. And again, this is a hardware that when it's on the ground, you have to treat it with gloves on. Literally, you have to handle it with gloves. And so we were out there with this hammer beating on this stanchion and it finally <laughs> broke loose and we were able to uh, put it in its uh, final and useful configuration. Oh my god. That was the most insane stream of thought I've heard in a while. Thank God for those cosmonauts. Are we are we allowed to can, are they allowed to work with really those guys anymore? You can really see them in the tank, or? can't you? That's crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he just flew over up. to the Russian side. Holy shit. He borrowed the big honk the big honking hammer. <laughs> What a guy. I don't know. I, I rest my case. I don't need to, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. That was, I, um, yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. Agree. That's yeah. pretty wild. So we got, um, yeah. I mean, you we could, got the, you just imagine him with his trousers down going, hi, I'm Don Pettit. 
Oh, he must have quite the hammer collection at this point. That's my motherfucking (laughs) hammer. (laughs) Here's my North Korean one. Here's my Chinese one. You got any ketchup? (laughs) For all these harsh browns you keep serving? The hammers go the other way in Australia. That's only that's only if you believe in the heliocentric model, Tom. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's open these phone lines up and uh, start the poll. You got five minutes to vote uh, back on the Mastodon at Sir Seed Sitter. Poll's live now. Taka Watiti versus Don Petiti. Let's get it. <laughs> phone lines are open. Give us a call, 865 865-465-6271. 865-465-6271. Oh yeah. I'm go to your phone calls. Oh my god, it makes me so angry. We're gonna go to break and come back with your calls. I don't want to take calls. That one there? Nobody no, no calls. Yeah, that's okay. Someone maybe some of those people that tried it. to maybe some of the like handful of people that couldn't get through the first time will call back. Eight six five four six five six two seven one. Woo! I was going to tweet this too. Maybe I should. What prompted you to to tweet that? I gotta come. You're ugly, you're disgusting, I'm going to kill you, give me $200. (laughs) Open the door or I'm going to throw rocks through your windows, you dumb whore. Hello, caller, you're on the air with Tom Starkweather, Adam from WGS Red Pill, Midnight Mike from OBDM, how we doing? And Goof. I forget to keep forgetting the short. Hey, what's good, yeah. How you doing? It's uh, Booberry. 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 Hi. Why are you, uh, you know, yelling? Don, Don's kind of got this, like, sort of MK Ultra vibe to him, you know? I think I feel more sad for him than I do, uh, that I, I think I'm an actual douchebag. I mean, a Taiki Watiti, uh, I've seen some interviews and he was just so swarmy. So swarmy. I'm the upper crust Hollywood elite. Um, you know, so take it for what it's worth. It's uh, it's it's a great matchup, though. It's a phenomenal match. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, brother. I really want to hear what you have to say, but it's weird. Like it's like you're moving the phone away or putting it into your shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, Boo Bear, you usually have the you have the best quality phone calls on yeah. on OBDM. And now it's the the worst. You're on the shoe phone. Well. You know, I can't be at my computer 24-7, unfortunately, but uh, I do what I can. It's still great to hear your voice. <laughs> we love you, boobs. <laughs> Sorry you couldn't uh, be I'll here today. Yeah, me too, man. I'm, I'm down in Austin, Minnesota, looking at the Spam Museum. Did you say not. Austin, Minnesota? Spam Museum? Yeah, I'm looking at I thought that was in Texas. Yeah. No, there's an Austin, Minnesota here. It's so windy. Sorry. When in doubt, go to Snopes.com. <laughs> All right, boobs. Anything else? Anything else for us? No, I just you know made the douchiest douche win, and uh, 
Best of luck to all the contestants. All right. We love you, bud. You're Jewish, right? Love you. Oh, I hung up on him saying love you all, too. Sorry. You can't can't win them all. All right. uh, How long have we got left on this poll here? One minute left. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I can hear some sort of hankering. I heard a chicken. Yeah, that's a rooster. A rooster, rooster, rather. That's, that's my that's my rooster. Are you milking oh, it so like Mike does? Yeah. My cock. Is it dawn? There it is. Oh, yeah. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's Randy the rooster. He we got to get your cock together with up. my cock. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, just yeah, cock, 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 cock dock the cocks. Cock dock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, get them over to the big cock, and we can harvest them from there. Uh, no luck there. Yeah. All right, uh, what do we got left? It's coming up. <laughs> Phone lines are still open. Somebody wants a quick 30-second call in there. Um, we're looking at... Uh, I won't spoil it, but... Um, definitely oh, more of a blowout than that first one. All right. What's his name? Here we go. 30-second warning. We can't have cussing. Oh no, guys, what have you done? Why did you do uh, this? You don't want to hear more of this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. brother. And then you've got. I even I went the other way. What's Thank going on here? I want to hear the title of his next film. Yeah, I'm curious. Five, oh, there's no more. It's four, all just grunty stuff. Three, two, one. Final results. <sighs> all right. I believe it. Well, I'm so disappointed. With uh, t- only 25 people voting on this one, because uh, according to some of the comments I'm seeing, who are these guys? <laughs> uh, uh, makes sense. 20% for Don Pettit, which um, I kind of get what wow. Boomer was saying. You almost feel bad for him, but Pacquiao yeah, Atini with 80% of the vote, man. 80% coming in strong. I think it's the look of him. I think when you look at the guy, you think he's douchey. He doesn't even have to talk. The swarminess to... factor? Yeah. That's fucking offensive. Yeah, you just it's look terrible. at him and you're like, oh, this guy. Oh, yeah. this fucking guy over here. Oh, I can't believe we have to play more. I'll make him short ones, I promise. <laughs> he just gets knocked out in the semifinals, right? Uh, I did God. not see that coming. I, I'm i blindsided. I didn't either. I thought I had it in the bag. Like you I said, it. it's it's oh, yeah. uh, it's hard to it's hard to predict. Uh, uh, but mainly it wasn't because the douchebag. I only know I only Sorry. know who Tom Pettit is. Sorry. I I think I don't I, the guys whose name I can't pronounce. I'm like, who's that? And then I looked him up on IMDb a while ago, and I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah, he sucks. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, just phone to think lines in, are- a, in another in another universe, there's a bunch of us that are arguing over a Howard Stern um, Prince Andrew semi final, and we're like, whoa, how can we decide on this? We've had a lot of clips these you know, since we started. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, I just hit randomize until nobody's facing off against themselves in the background, and I go with that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Let's keep it moving system. now. Come on now. That makes sense. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Up next, we've got, holy crap. Do I, get a, do I get a play out? Oh, play out clip. I'm sorry. I almost robbed oh. you of your play out clip. Play us out. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. And the, uh, let's hear, uh, the other ones, let's like hear I Don... said, will be in post. Let's hear Don Pettit clip three, the aroma of space. So we can hear about some of uh, some of the stuff that Don Pettit's <laughs> oh, it that Don Pettit's made on his own, some of his inventions, all Words that stuff. Let's let's, let's hear it. All right, Goofy, could you check your uh, Mastodon DMs real quick for me? Oh shit! Yeah. I love it. 
the aroma of space. As a kid growing up, I saw John Glenn fly into space, and I wanted to become an astronaut, and here I am. Take three. Now I can die happy. I've flown in space. Now I've run one of those. I'm done, Pettit. I'm a NASA astronaut. I've flown three times to the International Space Station and spent over a year living there. Life on space station is really different than life on Earth. Simple things on Earth could become more complicated in space, and you have to create, modify, or make something that will either solve a problem or allow you to investigate something completely new. An example of something designed on Earth that doesn't work in a weightless environment is when you have a beverage with an aroma like coffee. Like tea, much of the pleasure comes from smell, and you can't do that when you suck coffee through a straw from a bag. That's why I made this cup, so you can drink your beverages from an open container. You can smell them. Let's do a toast. But when you are in space, you can't run down to the store to buy parts. You have to be able to improvise with what you have on your mission. And so I looked around and I found a piece of plastic, cut it up with scissors, and used tape. <laughs> you put your coffee or tea in here. The surface tension causes the tea and coffee to crawl up the side here that has this、Guy、angle, and it parts itself right next to the rim. And then you can just put your lips on there and sip it. To future space exploration. <laughs> I came back to Earth and made this porcelain version of. The zero G coffee cup, and so an astronaut can enjoy the full effect of coffee on orbit. I fundamentally believe frontiers require the making skills. I mean, frontiers are all around us, and space happens to be my frontier. And my urge to make is so there's something at the end of the day that wasn't there at the beginning of the day. It's an incredible sense of accomplishment when you have made something. It could be simple, it could be complex, but the fact that you made something and it fulfills a unique function, there, there's no better feeling than that. I told you, you why I made. Should, yeah, you should have led with this、know. clip. This is the this is the one. <laughs> It's, I thought I needed、like、to. I needed to do the. We got the moon one where he says it's too complicated to go back. No. I no, hey, <laughs> no, this is. It's all about positioning here. That's that's a great one. It's all about strategy. Yeah. But the fact that you made something, and it fulfills a unique function, there there's no better feeling than that. I've told you why I make. Now I want to know why you make. <laughs> wow! Incredible. That I'm just honestly、yeah. looking forward to the post production now when I can after the show's over and I put in the clips that didn't get played so I can hear your last Dom Pet Dom Pettit clip because that was off the rails.、Yeah. It's about two of my favorite things: Angry Birds and NASA. Oh God, dude! <laughs> I like Angry Birds too. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, the physics I mean, are about uh, uh, both. Both is believable. In both those games. It's、Nasty、a bummer. I'm、uh, I'm gutted. Me too. Well, you still got.、Uh, so far, nobody's been fully eliminated, so we have that going for us. Okay. You got one. You got、uh, Eric Adams coming up. It's going to be a、uh, yeah, him、oh, yeah. versus Opie. Opie and Anthony 
Opie's up yes, first. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, then Eric. So Opie. Opie is up first of Opie and Anthony. So Greg Opie Hughes is one half of Opie and Anthony, a shock jock duo that came to prominence in the early 2000s. Greg Opie Hughes started broadcasting when he was 18 years old in Buffalo, New York, uh, graduating after to the big leagues after he found Anthony Cumia, who is uh, one of the, the funniest and quickest radio hosts out there, does amazing impressions, and these guys got their big contract in the early 2000s, were making millions of dollars, and their relationship Opie and Anthony, their relationship started to get contentious probably after about four years in, and they really just had a difficult time remaining friends, and they started to get on each other's nerves in the studio. Like, one would be eating grapes, the other would be eating yogurt, and the manner in which they would eat would annoy the other one, so much so that Opie... Uh, didn't want to talk about it. The guy is passive aggressive and anything that would come up that where he was a butt of a joke or he was a target of criticism, he would try to avoid it and deflect. And in this clip, this is called the leave it alone argument. And you'll hear Opie wanting to not talk about any sort of criticism, anything about the relationship. And he is going to urge Anthony to just Leave it alone. This is from 2009. A lot of people... Grapes. You want to eat grapes and we'll do this after the break? No, that's okay. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people have had... Why don't you eat yogurt? <laughs> huh? I don't do that anymore. I know. I just started. I really don't. <laughs> I realize that it's annoying, so I, I, I just like do it on the side. Um, All right. In 12 years, you could yell at me. Well, <laughs> uh, whatever. Come on! I'm fucking around! You're in a bad fucking mood. I told you I am. I know, but don't let it affect the fucking show. You're in a bad fucking mood. Has it the last two days? Yes, it has. No, it hasn't. You've been in a cranky fucking mood. Mm -hmm. I understand we've been fired from fucking CBS and shit, but let me tell you something. I'm not the only one that that notices. You're in a cranky fucking mood. Everyone's noticed. Do you want me to start talking about what people notice about you? Leave it alone. Yeah, tell me. Go ahead. Leave it alone. Tell me what people notice about me. Leave it alone. I'm not leaving anything alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Be honest. What happened? You had your. You had a lot of moments over the last few years. Leave it alone. Seriously. How did I have moments over the leave years? Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Why leave it alone? It was a. It was a little. I made thing. a fucking joke. It's a joke. It's a funny the, show. I didn't go and for you, the joke today. That's all. Leave you're it fucking alone. making faces at me. Leave it alone. I don't need faces. Leave it alone. Seriously. I'm not gonna leave it. You didn't leave it alone. You're the one that made the fucking face when I'm making jokes. It's, it's self-deprecating humor. We do it all the time. I we goof on each I other. I go for the grape joke. Big fucking deal. If you want, you know, big deal. Just leave it alone. I made a joke that for 12 fucking years, you rattled your spoon in the yogurt. It, it was funny. It became a bit with the fucking audience. They understand exactly what the fuck we're talking about. Leave it alone. Leave it the fuck alone. Leave it alone. Holy shit. You Just because you're really into doing the show again, leave it alone. Seriously. Really into doing the show again, as opposed to leave when I wasn't alone. into doing the show. You said people are talking. I mean, if you want to talk about people talking, people talking? just leave it alone. <laughs> there you go. That's the leave it alone fight from Opie and Anthony. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was that was. You can cringe. tell he's really pissed. It's not. They're not playing that up. He's pissed. 
it, it was brewing below the surface for quite a while. This is the first time where it really kind of got brought to the surface for the audience that listens. And I'm a, I was a huge fan of Opie and Anthony. This is the first time where you could hear, oh, uh, things are not all well with the, the joking around because when they went in there, they put on a solid show. This is like the first crack in the armor, so to speak. Right. It's so funny. It's so, it's, I mean, obviously they had, there was stuff going on behind the scenes that, uh, at least at the time, no one was privy to. But the fact that it really started over just mouth noises and chewing grapes, grapes and grapes yogurt. Grapes and yogurt. <laughs> grapes <just laughs> rattling the spoon in the yogurt. Uh, the and yogurt I love Anthony, was... man. That guy's controversial, but he's he's great. <clears throat> yeah, and so my, for my, my second clip here, so, so that was in 2009. Uh, they managed to still produce a great show up until right around 2000, I believe, 14, when Anthony Kumi was fired in July. Uh, Anthony Kumi was attacked uh, on the street uh, 3 a.m. in New York City for taking a photo of somebody. He went on Twitter, went on a tirade, and Sirius XM fired him. Now, contractually, uh, Opie could have went to management and said, hey, it's the Opie and Anthony show. I'm not going to do a show without Anthony, uh, so you got to remedy this or pay out our contract. Instead of doing that, Opie said, ha-ha, here's my opportunity to get rid of my partner who I don't like and move on with the show with Jim Norton, who was their third man. Jim Norton's comedian, and he moved on with Jim Norton. Oh. Well, that didn't work out so well. Uh, him and Jim did not get along. It turns out that the three of them worked really well together, but it's just when, uh, when it's just Jim and Opie, it was oil and water. Did not go along uh, for very long. Opie started his own afternoon show. And it did not work out very well. Opie was still trying to joke around with the same people the way he would joke around and do kind of jackass kind of humor uh, with his new crew. And uh, he got fired for for doing something. And there's not much. Uh, I'll preface this. This is Jim Norton, the former host of Opie and Anthony, uh, talking about why Opie was fired. And he's talking to Joe uh, Joe Rogan about this. Here we go. So people didn't like it, they didn't like it, but he sounded like he was having fun. So in reference, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Norton's talking about uh, Opie's afternoon drive time show and how some people liked it, some of the old fans liked it, some didn't, and, but at least he was having a fun time. So people didn't like it, they didn't like it, but he sounded like he was having fun. Um, and he was what, loose. what got him fired? Like, what, what happened? What the technical reason was, was um, he had filmed Roland Campos, our booker, taking a shit. Um, now I know Opie well. He filmed me doing it in 2009, but he was being a goofball. I don't think he was trying to be degrading, right. just being an ass and then, um, showing it to, I think, a couple of the comics. And I guess I don't know exactly. I heard about it after the ball had already been rolling. So somehow Roland got nervous that he was going to release it. And maybe Opie uh. was teased. I don't know what Opie said to him. I really don't. But I think that it got back to one of Roland's bosses. And then the head of the talent department spoke to him. And then once human resources got involved, then things change. And I remember there was a clip of it was getting bad. And there was another producer in the studio named Paul. And he was videotaping it. And I think he had been on Roland's side. And he thought Opie was being a dick to him. He's like, you're being a dick to me. And Opie's like, yeah, because you chose Roland in this whole thing. Like making it a public thing that was really uncomfortable. Mm. And then Paul goes, yeah, well, I thought it was wrong. And then Sherrod goes like, ah, he was having fun. We all saw the tape. He was enjoying it. He was laughing. And when I heard that, 
I'm like, oh no, he just said we all saw the tape. Saw the tape. Oh. Like, that just made it. And again, maybe they were going to fire him anyway. I don't know. Like, they don't tell me that shit. Um, but he thinks that the company was out to get him. I don't know. And again, I don't know what they said to him privately. But to me, he had two months left on his deal. And no company wants to fire you two months out because, right. of, because of the potential lawsuits. Lawsuit. They would much rather let you ride it out and then just not resign you. So, he, Opie. Of Opie and Anthony was on, he was doing his own show. He took video of one of his producers, Roland, taking a crap or a dump in a stall and was sharing it among some of the other hosts of his new show. They're laughing, giggling. Roland, who's a very kind of like he's an overweight guy, kind of not a very, uh, outgoing kind of person, personality kind of guy. He was very timid. He didn't want that video being posted. He didn't want to share it. It's your most vulnerable moment. And he's not the kind of guy you can joke around with like that. I've I've been in a job abroad, and a photo was shared of uh, certain leavings uh, because they were taunting me, like, "Oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get this soon, man!" Like I was here a week before. Like this is what it's gonna look like. And I get a text message, yeah, and but it wasn't of someone in the act. That sounds that's that that's real bad. You know, I had a. Something happened to me, not quite like that, but um, I, I've mentioned it on the socials. I was at a bar the other night, and I'd never been into the bathroom at this uh, bar, but it's a bar I like to play pool at, have a couple of drinks. You can smoke cigarettes in there. It's pretty fun. Nice. And uh, I go to the bathroom, and there is a toilet. There's two urinals and a toilet all next to each other. No divider, no stall. But I was like, well, it's <laughs> either this or I shit my pants. Uh-oh. And uh, so I I plopped down. I'm like, let's make this quick. And not even 30 seconds later, this big old tubby fat dude walks in just sweaty as hell, <laughs> drunk. And he talked to me and even tried to make eye contact. kind of did make eye contact to me for like the entire no. five or six minutes I was shitting. No. That's an the alpha male move. I was stayed in there? Yeah, he came in, he washed his hands, and then he sat there and just talked to me. I mean, I, it was kind of a funny conversation because I was <laughs> He's like, probably I, trying to comfort you. He's trying what to walk you guys the talk process. about. We talked about the fact that there wasn't a bathroom stall on the toilet. <laughs> okay. I'm like, dude, why That's did they do this? And he's like, good. he's like, well, because people kept doing blow in there. They were doing so much cocaine in the bathroom, they had to take it out because it was a liability. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Uh, I've done that in the past, <laughs> not at this uh, bar, but <laughs> it's like, geez. but it's like I've never no, been in I... a bathroom a bathroom stall where like the shitter it doesn't have some kind of privacy. I was like, oh my god, yeah, dude, you should now bring him on the podcast. I, I worked at a bar <laughs> where they had to take the. That, that's where you got to do the, the podcast, door. though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you call it stalling or something. Uh-huh. You felt very yeah. vulnerable. How how would you feel if that guy Stalk just walked ass. in and started filming you? Yeah, see, that's that would be a whole other situation. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how the filming got done because it's a very tight space. Did he pop under or over or was he? I think he in popped there, over. Or I think you he pop set over. Up a secret one in a coat or something. I don't know. I think it's up and over. You go down. Like, so you, you have your phone in one hand, you go over the stall, you're, you're giggling, laughing with your friends as you film your producer taking a dump and basically, uh, giggling behind his back because it's your, it's, it is just a, a crazy situation. You don't need that kind of stuff. If you going were selling something, it would be under the stall. Pops but you just want to talk, so it's <laughs> over the stall. Yeah, I don't think he was tapping his foot or anything like that. There are no secret signals that I know. That's all I got. I got two clips. That's uh, 
That's Opie uh, douchebag right there. One of Opie there. All right, so that means uh, we're on to uh, Eric Adams, I believe. Let me double check that. Yes, yes, yes. No, I believe I, we're doing a great job. I uh, I do one thing, one last thing about Opie. Him and Howard Stern have one thing in common: their absolute hatred of Joe Rogan. It seems like. I think they uh, both. Opie kind of does just, not hate him. He is jealous, and yeah, he that is, was, yeah. he's up. He's upset that Anthony Cumia has a relationship with Joe Rogan, and he does not. I've seen a lot of really sad uh, Twitter and Instagram posts from Opie about like how saying that like really Joe Rogan owes him everything because he started that shit, and uh, like Joe won't text him back, and it's like oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Eric Adams. All right. Um... So I'm I'm presenting a mayor that uh, previously was the mayor of the city that I resided in for 16 years. You'll pr- probably notice a theme amongst uh, my uh, presenting douchebags, uh, the governor and the mayor of the state and the city that I escaped from successfully. I am now residing in Virginia. Um, both of these people, I'm, this is. This is a very personal presentation. Like they, they really affected um, lots of different aspects of my life. People I know, um, you know, they put people I know out of business. Me certainly on a lot of things. I don't need to get into all that. Um, and I have kind of a. I make a lot of industry mixes, so. I, I just put all my clips together in kind of a seamless stream and we can we can go. stop as we go but just a little background on who is Eric Adams. He's the 110th mayor of New York City, previously the Brooklyn Borough President, and before that he spent 22 years as a police officer for uh, mostly the NYPD, but he also worked for the uh, MTA uh, Transit Police. Uh, if if you've ever seen uh, Taking of Pelham 123, uh, it features that force. Uh, it's Walter Matthau. It's a really good watch. Uh, <clears throat> side note. Uh, he retired as captain, uh, and then even earlier in his background, he's dyslexic. Uh, he likes to bring this up a lot in his story, which is why I bring it up. Uh, and at the age of 14, he joined some sort of gang, got arrested for trespassing, and was taken to a precinct where he was beaten by NYPD officers. Uh, he says in the groin. So they were oh. just... Yeah. Beaten in the groin? Uh, they are just yeah. punching his dick? Yeah, <laughs> specific. Uh, okay. that's, that's the story. That's what he says. As long as they weren't um, using that other geezer's hammer, we should be all right. No. Um, you know, it, he uses that all part of his story of overcoming um, oh. these adverse challenges. Okay. And uh, somehow he <laughs> went from a D student to being successful in college. Not sure. Sounds like the dick punching uh, worked. <laughs> Maybe. Imagine if Don Pettit was punching you in the dick. He's a bit of a narcissist, uh, the way he comes across, and he's very defensive. You'll notice uh, when he takes any sort of criticism, criticism about a policy, he'll take it more personally than uh, most politicians will 
kind of take it in stride. And, you know, sometimes they'll just walk away. Like, I'm done. Um, I don't think that's very professional, but uh, it's just me. Uh, I find his messaging repetitive and uh, all, all his, uh, really, his, his crime fighting uh the the rapid increase in crime uh he he he's all about getting illegal guns off the street and more recently he's blamed a small number of mentally ill people for causing problems on the subway something i've personally experienced myself and in the worst day it wasn't just on the subway like I had two other crazy people just kind of come at me, shouting at me, like oh. not knowing what's going on on the street. And then a guy in the station ended up on my subway car, and people were terrified. Anyway, I, I, I've seen that. I, I, I digress. Anyway, um, let's let's hear all about Eric Adams and Swagger. I don't think anything dealing with COVID is makes sense. And there's no logical pathway of one can do. Um, you make the decisions based on how to keep our city safe, how to keep our uh, employees operating by taking a vaccine. Uh, we were able to keep the city open. And so we have to do it according to what's best in a medical a science and a doctor, Dr. Fasan has done an amazing job. That's how we're here. I don't know if people realize that. That is why we are here. And so the determination now from our medical team is to state, remove the private sector mandates, remove the sports mandates for children. And that is where we are. And if there's something's going to change, we're going to announce it. I rode the subway yesterday and it's the same thing. I haven't put my AirPods in for over a year because I feel like I need to be very much aware. That's a quality of life issue. But I do want to talk about, because you mentioned Albany. Uh, two months ago, you said that New York City was called the laughing stock of our country because certain parts of our criminal justice system had abandoned our public safety apparatus. This has to do with Albany. Do you still believe that now? And what steps can we take to reel this back in? So, well, the first I think that you 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 were right about you know not having your iPods in, not focusing on our phone, and I say yes to that. I do the same, and we put out a a video and information telling people about being aware of what's around them and what's taking place. And I encourage New Yorkers to do that. Every community is going to see uh, asylum seekers. Uh, that's why we, I was clear. My goal last week was to answer four questions. Uh, what are we dealing with, uh, what have we done, what are we doing, and what do we need from our partners in government? And so I want, this was a moment of speaking directly to the people of this city, of what this city is facing. And so uh, Staten Island and other uh, communities, they are going to, everyone is going to see asylum seekers. Adams is nothing if not confident. Watching him walk down the street, you'd never notice the weight of the city's problems on his shoulders. You've talked about swagger. <laughs> Walking down the street with you, uh, you have swagger, certainly. <laughs> and and you, you've said that when, when the mayor has swagger, the city has swagger. That's right. <laughs> so what is swagger? It's, you know, feeling as though you've overcome so much that you can overcome whatever is in front of you. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, it, Kansas doesn't have a brand. 
When you go there, yo, can you from Kansas? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> but New York has a brand. It has a brand. So on the branding issue, my uh, my research assistant, uh, an unhappy New York, pointed out to me today that uh, Virginia is for lovers was created before I love New York. So, you know, maybe there's there some go. brand sampling going on here. Hey Tom, is um is it clear how he went from just being like a police captain to getting juiced into being the mayor? I mean, I'm sure well, New York he, is a... he was the borough president in between. And uh, speaking as someone that voted in the mayoral primary, uh, you know, things were really starting to hit the fan, and so many people got behind him because they saw a former cop, they saw what mayor bill de blasio did in terms of having a relationship with the police force and destroying it and really doing a lot of damage to the city overall and they they had so much hope that eric adams was going to be this former cop that was going to turn things around and we just have this kind of like narcissist guy that doesn't seem like the brightest crayon in the box He's too um, too fries short of a happy meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I I put all my my that's my three minutes all all together there. Oh yeah. So I, um, okay. I'm not sure I really have much more commentary on the uh, other than the fact that he continued mayor. Bill de Blasio's last-minute private worker COVID vaccine mandate and something I certainly saw the other end of. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't certain like that sort of thing was going to happen. And, uh, you know, it was like at that point, it was like, I, I got to go to Florida or something. This is crazy. I can't even live in the city I've lived in and called my home for 16 years. Um, yeah, I, I just have a hard time presenting this guy because I – I think I did vote him. We we had ranked voting for the first time in the the mayoral primary, and uh, I think I did number three for Eric. I really had more hope for him. It's like Wait. after Bill De Blasio, it's like man, anything's got to be better than this. And it's like oh, hmm. when you, uh, you just put a big X on it and say none of the above or drawing a dick and balls. <laughs> when you. Uh... When you cast your vote, you said you voted for Eric Adams in second place? Third. Third. Okay. When you cast your vote for him, I did think you I say, did will the he like, win? sanitation commissioner, uh, oh, Catherine God. Garcia. She was, I don't know. Oh, she, I, I watched she the plumber? debates. Fuck it. Put her in there. Adams, oh. Adams kind of, I relate to Biden. Like he, he seems a little on the older side, at least like when he reacted in debates. I, I kind of saw that in him. So when you put Eric Adams as third, did you think to yourself, will he win? Well, he may or may not. Uh, may I or. had more hope than Jesus what has Christ. occurred. May or. That was like. A, <laughs> I'm wrong. What you do? That was a proper reaction. That was like, even for me, that was a pretty bad dad joke. Okay. I believe we're doing a great job. Let's open the polls. Let's get this going. It's uh, Opie versus Eric Adams. Two so, New Yorkers. It's anybody's race. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Hey, I'm walking here. Give us a call, 865-465-6271. Those phone lines are now open, and the poll is live. You can go ahead and vote on the Mastodon. Opie versus Eric Adams. You think uh, Eric Adams would be a better mayor than Opie? They're both New Yorkers. (laughs) I'm taking Opie every time, man. I don't know. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm thinking Eric Adams at the two, personally. Caller, you're on the air. Who you like, an Opie or Eric Adams as the bigger douche? I had to call in because I'm in Chirac, and we have a pretty douchey mayor ourselves, so I had to go with Eric Adams on this one. We have Larry Lightfoot here. She's a giant douche. Eric Adams seems like a giant douche as well. It just had to be. Beetlejuice. So I'm biased, but that's my vote. You know, uh, originally, caller, originally when I was – Going to come on this. I had her as one of my first contestants, but I opted out because I didn't have I didn't have the balls to sit through a whole bunch of her footage. I mean, it's tough with her. She's a she's pretty much a shoe in for giant douche. But this Eric Adams guy, like I, I really wanted to vote Opie. I mean, I don't know much about the guy, but those clips are great. He sounds like a douche, but these politicians that are douchebags just have such good reach, you know. So I had to go with Eric on it. This is NBS, by the way. Oh, what's up? Don't leave your iPods in. Take your iPods out, people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Sorry uh... I never met you before I left town. Oh, it's all good. I mean, I'm just glad you got out of here alive. You know, it's pretty bad around here nowadays. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm sad to hear that. I hope I hope it turns around faster than... Slower. You know, a couple years ago, I always, well, not even a couple years ago, probably five years ago, I always thought, like, I'd love to visit Manhattan. And I always thought, like, I would never want to go to Florida. Like, Florida seems like a horrible place. And my opinion on that has completely shifted in the last uh, two years. And I still, well, it's still a spectacle for a tourist. Like, (laughs) if you're, if just coming to visit, it's not a thing. Like, if you live there, it's a different reality. Like the the bad part is living there. If you're just coming to spend money and deposit tax dollars, go for it. Yeah, I've heard. Also, New York, I've heard they tax their cigarettes so much it's like twenty dollars a pack. I'm like, uh. Oh, uh, I, I hear about it all the time. Oh, in the Wawa's here. Yeah. It's like I was there in price. 2004, <laughs> and it was like seventeen dollars a pack in 2004. All right, we got. I think it's uh, seven dollars here in Virginia. Caller, we have a handful of other callers trying to get in before the five minutes ends. Do you have anything else for us? No, that's all. Eric Adams, he's a douche. Later, guys. Fuck him. Love you. <laughs> all right. Oh, does Phone that mean we have to over. play the DH Unplug thing on our show now? Just in case. Just in case. Yeah, the disclaimer about the stocks and shares and all that. Um. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry. I had to hit my cough button there. <clears throat> For no whoa. particular reason. I'm definitely not smoking weed. All right. It's time to get back to work. Nice work. We got uh, how many? What's, we got uh, a little bit left on the poll here. About one minute left. Anybody want to call in? I saw like three people try to call in. I had to. Google's doing this new thing they started about halfway through our battle of the douchebag adventure, maybe further to where now instead of it going straight to voicemail, it just. Pops up that you have another call and come in and keeps beeping at you until you either hang up or accept it. I don't like it. It stresses me out. Super sudden death. 
I go to your phone calls. I try to play these clips. I appreciate everybody calling in today. I just start getting so pissed at these people. I don't want to take calls. If I got a yes, rewind sir, button, that, we can that. damn sure play it back. Why are you right, listen, listen, okay? <laughs> Man, how has AOC not been one of our douchebags? Yeah, that's what's crazy. Gotta keep doing this show. I gotta say, just like I thought Hassan Piker was robbed uh, for losing out to Bill Nye when Cretchen beat me with Bill Nye on that one. I think Dr. Phil was robbed, man. I think Dr. Phil was a real <laughs> contender as top douche. Yeah. Absolutely. You should do a uh, consolation bracket for all the worst robberies. We were talking about maybe doing do that. that. We were not yet. Grand champions. Yeah. Douchebag Court of Appeals. Yeah, like the, the redemption round or something episode. Maybe have a hold a vote on who thinks, who should, who lost. Like, have people say, like, who should face off. Oh, oh boy! Getting close. Is your show based off a celebrity death match in any way? Uh, that's just all royalty-free music, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, not the music. This show. I, I just thought. Oh, this, oh, I celebrity death match on MTV. Yeah, I just remembered that. I remember the first one that I saw was Weird Al versus Al Gore. It was Al versus Al. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. That was good. Um, all right, 32 people voting. The polls are closed. You guys ready for the final results? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Final results. Opie couldn't quite make it, man. With 41% of the vote, Opie is, in, is just barely losing out to Eric Adams with 59% of the vote. Um, we have not yes. had to go into, yes. Yes. we have not had to go into super sudden deaths so far this, uh, uh, tonight, which has only happened, I think, twice when there was a 50 50 tie and we had to, have a bonus clip to do the tiebreaker. But, um, yeah, Eric Adams progresses to the next round. And you know what I've been realizing? I did it again. I forgot to give them this every time they won. Douchebag. So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, Eric Adams officially progresses to the next round. I knew I was forgetting something, man. <laughs> knew I was forgetting something. All right. Um, shit. Let's do a, a playout clip for uh, Opie, shall we? Yeah. Oh, Mike, Mike, Mike might have had to go milk his chickens. So, uh, route row. We might need to, uh, we'll, we'll let him, when he come when he gets back, he's got a whole farm to run. So I understand. And this is a long show. So, we'll, uh, when he gets back, we'll let him do it. Do OP not play. wait. No, we'll let him do OP play out when he gets back. Let's go ahead and move on to the next round. Yes. Let's do it. Round one. Still in round one. Challengers approach. Let's go to, uh, oh shit, it's Kathy Hochul versus Malcolm Nance. Oh yeah. I like to call her Kathy Nochil. I, I think Hochul, not Hochul. Hochul. Uh, so am I, am I going? Yeah. Are um, we doing this? I think it's, um, yeah, I was, I was trying first. to figure out, I was trying to figure out the, I was Googling a pronunciation guide as we speak here. Oh, it's uh, oh. Kathy Hochul versus Malcolm Nance. And uh, Kathy's up first. Um, uh, two women. Well, it's, she's it's certainly not Kathy Hochul. Yeah. Um, I, I think she is she the only uh, lady uh, identifying as lady contender? <laughs> yeah, Kathy's the only woman in this bracket. I just wanted to make fun of Malcolm Nance for a second. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, she's also the first female governor of New York State, the fifty wow. seventh. From and Buffalo, she, is the, New she York. was the immediate replacement of Cuomo, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, she is unelected currently, up for election coming this election day. So you know, be sure to vote for Larry, please. Uh, <clears throat> Lighter. So she's never, she's not been elected to the <laughs> office. Uh, Larry the Libertarian. He's he's my endorsement. Uh, oh. <clears throat> And uh, she was a lieutenant governor. Andrew Cuomo had to resign, and she assumed power. And she assumes, you know, some emergency powers with COVID going on. And also, she instituted a healthcare vaccine mandate, and currently a booster mandate as well. Yeah. Uh, I personally know people that were put out of a job and have left the state as a result of these policies. Uh, and she's she's so proud of uh, enacting these mandates. She even wears a necklace that says "vaxxed." I wear a vaxxed necklace. Oh, it's important to know. Um, and apart from pandemic-related uh, atrocities, she strengthened red flag gun laws after the uh, Buffalo. Uh, grocery store shooting and something i found very peculiar and uh yeah i'm not like a loud second amendment guy or anything but she she banned uh buying body body armor i'm not vocal about it shh okay it's not, it's not isn't it uh, nearly impossible to you can't like own a gun if you live in new york city or something in the actual city you you can get one, but it involves an insane amount of paperwork. And I, I've only rarely met anyone that wasn't like uh, a security guard uh, had uh, just one guy and he had some connection and it's very impossible to get one. Uh, and the, and the mayor is out to get you right now. Uh, I don't mean to confuse douchebags, but, uh, these two are connected, uh, Kathy and Eric, and you'll hear them reference each other. Um, but yeah, she banned body armor sales, which, you know, it's a defensive measure. It's like, get out of here with that. That's, I think that's wrong. No, stop. Anyway. I'm okay. I, I guess the thinking my body armor. is it fine, makes guys. you, it makes you harder to take out if you are a, you know, doing a, a Buffalo supermarket shooting or something. Anyway, um, there's been a lot of issues with crime and bail reform not going so well in New York State and New York City. And just people doing terrible stuff on the subway. Just making it a scarier place. And then they just walk. It's it's pretty nuts. But she's recently pivoted in her campaign messaging because the polls – if you trust them or not, are showing Lee Zeldin, you know, creeping up. I think she's probably going to win personally. I hope she doesn't. But let's hear one of Kathy Hochul's first speeches. She is very religious, and she sees herself what's her, as What's some her religion? Kind of, I think she's Catholic. Okay. Um, but she's 
she spoke at several churches. I have at, I have two different uh, church speeches. One is the first one I will play is from Brooklyn, and there's a tail end clip of a related topic. And uh, this was one of the first things we heard from Kathy Hochul, and it was like, "Buckle up, people! She's crazy. She thinks she's the the like mouth of God." We have to get this community back. And what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that, especially as I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them, whatever comes your way in life, you are stronger. You are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He lets you live through this when so many other people did not. And that is also your responsibility. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. It's just God calling to say, yeah, I authorized yeah. that. She is I didn't realize I didn't have it on. Right? Do not disturb on. I'm sorry. It's Juggling like a lot of places. Vaccine. <laughs> Up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants you know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them what? you're already sick or you wouldn't be there we have to solve this my friends i need every one of you i need you to let them know that this is how we can get fight, fight this pandemic come back to normal and then start talking about the real issues that we have to fighting systemic racial injustice which exists today and if there's a denier i will take you on any date because i've seen it i know it exists and we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my watch and that is my commitment to you governor kathy hochel is taking a significant step to address staffing shortages as a result of this mandate she says she'll sign an executive order authorizing resources from the national guard to be utilized as needed to keep health care systems running hochel says the mandate is an essential component of keeping the state safe from covid 19. can't we just say that that is a basic right that everyone has to know that they'll be safe when they enter a health care facility or you have your elderly parents or grandparents in a nursing home, that they will not get sick because of someone who's charged with their care. We're talking about just common sense here, my friends. My friends, I present Kathy Hochul. I like how she said, uh, I need you guys to be my apostles. That's kind of saying that she is Jesus or God. Uh Yeah. What a fucking bitch, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't mean bitches in a disrespectful way. 
I mean it as a general word for women. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, shoot. Um, if you don't got anything else on Kathy, we're last. We're down to the last uh, last uh, one, and then we're on to the semifinals, and we're out of here, man. What's going on? What's uh, what's <laughs> What's uh, MSNBC got to bring us today there, um, Adam? Okay, yeah, last but not least, I am bringing uh, Malcolm Nance to the bracket. So Malcolm Nance is an American author and media pundit. He's a former United States Navy senior chief petty officer who specialized in naval cryptology. And uh, since leaving the Navy in 2001, he has some real spook qualities to him. And uh, he's an author, and he's all constantly hanging out with a former BOTDB contestant, Joy Reid, on her show. He talks about uh, – he's been talking about Russian collusion since that whole thing started, pushing that super hard. And uh, now he's up on January 6th stuff, um, white domestic terrorism. And, uh, you know, he's an author. He's written books such as uh, The Plot to Destroy America, the, the Plot to Destroy Democracy, How Putin and His Spies Are Undermining America and Dismantling the West. Another one is The Plot to Betray America, How Team Trump Embraced Our Enemies, Compromised Our Security, and How We Can Fix It. And then his most recent, they want to kill Americans, the militias, terrorists, and deranged ideology of the Trump insurgency. So he's, uh, he's like kind of a guy that wine moms can embrace as a safe black guy. He's just on there on MSNBC constantly just pushing all this, all this domestic terrorist garbage. And, um, yeah, he's, he, he's it, this this the Don Pettit stuff was fun to research for me. Uh, this really sucked because the amount of Joy Reid and MSNBC that I had to get through. Um, he's also made some he makes appearances on Bill Maher and he's had some contentious exchanges with uh, someone I don't know if he's been on yet, but should be uh, Ben Shapiro. Um, both douchebags, but um, yeah, he he makes Ben Shapiro look like he's the good guy in their exchanges. Um, yeah, he just, he sucks all around. And then just the way he looks and every, it's the whole package. It's, uh, he's hard to, hard to listen to, but, um, let's so, get into the what, clip. Nothing well, what you're deep. saying is Malcolm um, Nance is a racist who hates Trump. Yeah, pretty much. The N word. Uh, you know what the N word is? What? Nance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so clip number one is, uh, is a three minute clip and it's, um, Malcolm Nance, I think on MSNBC, I think it's on Joy Reid's show, um, right after, uh, another epic evil douchebag, uh, bit the dust, John McCain, him talking about, uh, how great of an American he was and, and yeah, let's get into it. Here's, uh, Malcolm Nance on the readout. To the Navy man now, um, Malcolm Nance, your thoughts on the passing of John McCain? I'm heartbroken. I mean, I've had, I had a pretty rough night of it, as you know. Said some tough things on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm a Navy man. I'm a chief. 
Uh, I met John McCain, and the first thing I said to him, I was so excited to see him, I said, I'm a chief, I'm a senior chief. And he goes, everything I've ever learned in the Navy, I learned from a chief. And when I was at the survival school in Coronado, I had read his original Stop it right there, pink Chris. copy classified debrief. Yeah, it's just you could just the narcissism there, just inserting himself even in the the death of such a great American, John McCain. So keep going. Bernardo. <laughs> I had read his original <laughs> pink copy classified debrief of what happened to John McCain and then Hanoi Hilton. That man was treated horribly. He was tortured mercilessly. Admiral Stockdale would come into the school, just wander in, and he would talk about how John McCain was thrown into Calcutta, the little hole that they put in there, uh, and that actually John McCain relieved Admiral Stockdale from that hole. And he, they called those people tigers because they would go in there and they would hold, uphold the honor in, the, in these horrible conditions of captivity. He survived the Forrestal Fire. Anyone in the Navy knows about the Forrestal Fire, the single largest mass conflagration, in big, even bigger than some in World War II, which sank ship. John McCain was literally in the middle of that explosion as airplanes were flashing around him. This man is a giant, not just in the U.S. Navy. Thank God he will be buried next and near John Paul Jones. About breaking, it was about honor. And this is what we're missing today. This is why we're all sad. A, a legacy of American honor has just gone. And we're now in a period where we're devoid of honor. Someone has to stand up. Others have to stand up to take this nation's honor back. Yeah. And John McCain is gone, and now you have a role model for that. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of two better people to, to uh, unpack uh, John McCain's military legacy than uh, my two friends here Well, we today. feel very strongly about him and what he left behind. Absolutely. God bless him. And that comes through. Thank you both. Uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, Malcolm Nance. Unbelievable. This can't win at all. God bless him at the end. Take it back five this seconds. This win at all. Comes through. Thank you both. Uh, Colonel <laughs> yeah. Jack Jacobs, Malcolm Nance. If there was a video element to this competition, it would it would be a done deal. Kane's military legacy. Then uh, my two friends here. Well, we today. feel very strongly about him and what he left behind. Absolutely, God bless him. and that comes through. Thank you both, uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, Malcolm Nance. God, incredible. Him. That's some of the most wow! incredible audio I've ever heard. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good, good stuff. Um, yeah, when my when uh, John McCain died, I remember my mom's a lifelong Democrat, and I remember her talking to me about what a great man he was and now i now i couldn't believe it now i now i know why it's because he's on because of malcolm nance on msnbc yeah it's just incredible audio (laughs) (laughs) those speechless these people are crazy yeah, so that's uh that's Malcolm Nance at his best. Um there's hours and hours and hours of footage of him with Joy Reid if you want to uh go through the torture no. of of going combing through that. I wouldn't suggest it to anybody, but it's Not it's nice. out there. Uh great package. Thank you. It was 
Clinton I'm has I'm going to let forward. you in here, Malcolm, because Look, from what I've seen, the only people who are not with Hillary Clinton at this point, she got 91% of Bernie Sanders supporters, are people sort of in the Jill Stein camp who also seem oh, to have hey, some kind stop of it. affinity. I mean, Jill Stein was sure. sitting at Putin's table right um, that just I think that first clip was three minutes, wasn't it? Putin's table. God damn it. I've been talking muted this whole time. I'm oh my god. Whatever. No wonder <laughs> what nobody were you was saying? responding. No, yeah, one, yeah, no like, wonder <laughs> nobody was responding to me. I'm like, God damn. Get this shit together. God damn. God yeah, that's damn. just that's my first, that's my first uh, believable. Hey, I was trying to tell you your clip wasn't clip, over please. yet. Um but then uh, nobody was hearing me. So but yeah, your clip's not Oh, over. it didn't Okay. I was trying to say oh, you yeah, have there's, uh, one th there's like one more clip at the end of this. Uh, yeah, there's one more little clip. Yeah, that's why um, I started okay, playing so it because I thought is, everybody. Heard. Uh, Jesus. In 2016, I can't I can't remember if it's on Joy Reid's show again. It's on either CNN or NBC. Malcolm Nance makes the claim that Jill Stein is a Russian agent who has a oh, yeah. uh, has a show on Russia Today, which is a total falsehood and it was uh never addressed never corrected by msnbc to this day even though a bunch of people i think like glenn, glenn greenwald got into it and all sorts of stuff like that so go ahead and uh play that one if there's anybody any steins that are russian agents it's ben stein and alex oh yeah probably yeah been here, Malcolm, because from what I've seen, the only people who are not with Hillary Clinton at this point, she got 91% of Bernie Sanders supporters, are people sort of in the Jill Stein camp who also seem to have some kind of affinity. I mean, Jill Stein was sure. sitting at Putin's table right with uh, General Flynn. George Jill Stein has a show in Russia today. Look, this is not a conspiracy theory, okay? And I'm not saying that just because I'm an intelligence professional. These <laughs> objectives, these strategic objectives that Russia has and appears to be pushing and has an ally with Donald Trump's rhetoric are strategic objectives that have that have have existed before the fall of the Soviet Union, the the um, the breaking up of the relationships within NATO, the dissolution of the European Union. I think okay, he's going to say Union. That's where the clip stopped. But yeah, yeah. Um, man, Malcolm. I Nance. think it was abruptly ended by the Russian playbook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I, he's uh, he's willing to go on TV, tell lies, not correct them. You know, he's just. Uh, He's real spooky, and then you know he's making making a pretty good paycheck, probably as a as a correspondent or a whatever a contributor on MSNBC constantly. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely up there, if not worse than Joy Reid. So those people on MSNBC, man, it's like they just get paid to like talk all. It's like Brian Stelter too, the the previous uh, one who Rob Dew brought that won the last Battle of Douchebags, they get paid to talk all day about misinformation while they do nothing but spread misinformation. They complain about misinformation. What? Why isn't this information, mis misinformation banned? And then they tell you things like... Misinformation. The Russians did it. I don't have no proof. We say it's a, so. It's a great job if you can get it. Yeah. It pays better than what any of us are doing, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. All yeah, right. It's uh, just... um. Yeah. Okay. Go. Go for it. All right. If you had a last thought before we open the polls, that's fine. I was just gonna say, man, it's we're all in kind of this uh, alternative media world, and we can't understand why people like uh, my mother-in-law or my regular mom are are the way they are, and it's just like because they're watching this shit all day, yep. every day, and it's and it's it's when you have to actually watch it, it's incredible. It's insane. So that's all I got. We're in an alternative. I, I can uh, relate to that too. I know I'm competing with you, but uh, <laughs> I I live in a house where MSNBC has been on a lot, Ooh. and uh, 
Yeah, it's difficult. We're, we're an alternative media. That's why we need alternative money. Podcasting 2.0. Dogecoin to the moon, baby. Boost. Yeah. Boost. Boost me some doge, baby. All right. Um, all right. Poll is started. Kathy Hochul versus Malk Hochul. God damn, I'm terrible at names. Hochul. Hochul. It just looks like Hochul. Hochul. Okay. For Kathy Hochul versus Malcolm Nance. Five minute poll. Give us a call. 865-465-6271. 865-465-6271. Phone lines are open. The poll is live. And this is the last matchup before the semifinals. Oh, we got a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hello, caller. Hey, so I'm, Hello? I just gotta say they're all douchebags. Yeah, I agree. Fair point. Uh, I know it was, it was Hokel and something else. Your stream's been weird for me. I tried to call and I, I, I went straight to voicemail. So I reloaded the page. You get this stream. And I, I was listening to the, the old battle of the douchebags with Dr. Phil. And so I got a quote from that. Dr. Phil, he said, we got four corn dogs dipped in nacho cheese when he was like fat shaming somebody up, you know. So I uh, bags. Tom, you, uh, Tom or Goof, you got he's got a line into the troll room to see if there's the stream streams messing up. I don't know. I haven't been monitoring. Uh, yeah, I thought I'm, it was I'm weird, but it. an explosion. He, I, I no, I, I don't see, I don't see any notes about the stream. I nope. think it might All right, be. All right, so here, problem. can I throw this this idea in just for posterity? Um, yeah. Never been a Howard Stern fan, but I've been forced to listen to him, you know, by uh, my older brother. It was like a torture thing, like, oh, I'm smarter and I know better. And he still acts and thinks the same way. Um, but so I remember when uh, Howard Stern got married. And he couldn't decide whether to wear like a Euro bikini or board shorts to the pool in Vegas. And it's like, well, dude, wear both of them. Um, yeah, I guess solution. Yeah, that's, uh, that seems like good medical advice to me. Cool. All right, I'm glad I got through, man. You're doing the do. I just, it's been weird. All right. I'll, um, I'll, I'll uh, pretend to like try to move some things around and hopefully that'll fix it. Just me thinking about that. Yeah, word up, Chris. You rock it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Love you, caller. Oh, Phone lines are still open. Phone lines are still open, boys. We got, um, uh oh, we got 14 people voting so far. Gotta get those numbers up. Come on, guys. Get Let's those get numbers to the polls, up. people. Are... I don't know who created Pokemon Go. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Get it. Go to the polls, people. It's club material. Man, this is killing me. This suspense. The N-word. You know what the N-word is? Nance. It's Nance. Uh, Let's be nice. Oh, we got a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, we had three people call in at once. Uh, I'm going to decline that one. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, it's NBS again. I just had to call in. Yeah. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. It's NBS again. I just had to call in because another douchebag politician is up there. Honestly, 
I forgot how bad this Kathy woman was. I mean, she's really bad. You know, I voted for Kathy. I think she's going to win this one. All right, Kathy. What's your uh, main reason? What's your point of contention with what you got against Kathy, man? Listen, if you tell you like if you tell people that you think like you are God, you know, I mean that's that takes a certain level of ego, a certain level of douchebaggery. You're just you're asking to be called a douchebag, you know? No one's got. You, know, you can't say that shit. And I mean that's yeah. that's insane. So it's like the same kind of people in high school that like wanted to be the class president. You know what I mean? It's it all checks yeah. out. She's a douchebag. Enough said. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, she's, well, I don't know. This one's hard. This is probably the hardest matchup in, like, if I had to choose between the two for me tonight. Um, but I, if, if anyone yeah, wants I my mean, opinion, I got to go Malcolm Nance. Because Malcolm Nance is, I mean, come on. <laughs> also, I don't live in New York, so it doesn't affect me. That's what, true. What, what but if you're a spook, you're also a douche. So, like, I get the Malcolm vote. I mean, the Malcolm vote makes sense. Like, these spook guys and gals, like, they're absolute douchebags. I, I, I get it, but Kathy's just stronger, I think. I don't know. Not elected to the office yet. That's true. All right, it's time to get your votes in. The poll is, oh, actually just closed. All right, caller, you got anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Kathy sucks. Later, guys. Fuck Kathy. Fuck Quo. Fuck titties. All right, final results here. In a blowout win, probably the uh, might be the biggest of the night. It's uh, Kathy all the way beating Malcolm Nance, which has surprised me. Twenty nine people voted. Holy shit! That's how so, bad that speech was, man. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, see, so you got some people in the chat saying it's a coin flip. Some of them couldn't pick. Uh, and then a couple of. Deaver in the uh, Dever Deaver in the Norgen Social said Nance is a douche on the world stage, a soldier of fuckery. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get a playout clip, I guess, for uh, Malcolm real quick, and then we'll try to wrap up these semifinals and see who's making it to the top. Okay, let's. Uh, I got one of him talking about uh, the Rittenhouse trial, but um, let's go with uh, John Kiriakou talking about um, who is a CIA whistleblower, um, talking about his experience with Malcolm Nance. John Kiriakou, real real deal, undercover CIA guy, went to prison for blowing the whistle. I can't remember what he blew the whistle on, but did prison time because of it. And uh, this is him talking about um, talking about his experience meeting Malcolm Nance in the early 2000s. So, But uh, I'm very sir- disappointed with the results. I was serving overseas and I had to return to CIA headquarters for a, a class. And as part of this class, they gave us a stack of books about terrorism, like a dozen books. Well, I'm busy. I'm not going to read these 12 books on terrorism. So I did what any government employee would do. <laughs> I put them on eBay, right? The book? I got You're 50 bucks for them. Government books. Okay. okay. <laughs> I love them. 
<laughs> so I put him on eBay. Some guy buys them, $50. He sends me an email. He said, hey, I'm the high bidder on these terrorism books. I said, that's cool. He said, I'm, uh, I'm in Arlington, Virginia. I said, oh, I'm in Arlington, Virginia. Rather than me sending them to you, why don't we just connect and I'll just give them to you? Uh-huh. He said, okay, yeah, my name's Malcolm Nance. I said, cool. We met at this bar in, uh, in Roslyn. <laughs> And uh, he had this group of people. There were three or four other people there. And he was holding forth, uh-huh. right? And I was undercover, so I didn't say anything about what I did. identify yourself. Yeah. Right, I, yeah, all I said is, hi, my name's John. I have these books. Uh-huh. That's it. And he said, oh, do you have an interest in terrorism? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm interested in it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he says, well, I'm a, I'm a counterterrorism professional. Okay, well, I was in the CIA's <laughs> counterterrorism center at the time. And I never heard of this guy. So I said, okay, that's cool. So what do you do? And he said, oh, I've, I've been my whole adult life in counterterrorism, doing operations. And he, I knew he was full of crap yeah. from the get-go. Wow. I mean, you can spot a phony from a mile away. Yeah. I spotted him as a phony from a mile it's away. Like I could just, he just had the look. He did. He had the look and the arrogance. Yeah. That's what struck me. Now, I've sold a lot of things on eBay over the years. <laughs> I don't remember who I sold what to 22 years yeah. ago. I remember yeah. Malcolm Nance. <laughs> right. So, sure enough, I don't know, a year, two years later, whatever it was, I saw him on TV. And I was like, that's the guy that I sold those books to. And so I followed him all these years. Well, I've known all these years the guy is just simply a phony. Yeah. He's fake. He's built up this fake persona, and he's made lots of money yes. doing it. So um he's become more and more stridently anti-Russian. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because he believes in, you know, the Ukrainian cause or, or whatever, That's because he knows that this is a good way to make money. That's yeah, right. Yeah. He's going to write a book. He's going to come back with Grandiose claims of valor and heroicism. Exactly. Yeah. Nowhere near the battlefront. Oh, and that this is the funny thing. There was no clip in that gun, first of all. Secondly, for like one brief second, MSNBC MSNBC identified his location as like hugging the Polish border, right? (laughs) He's eight hundred miles from the combat. Hugging the Polish border. (laughs) He's never gonna even hear a gunshot. And then he's gonna come back and like you say, Jamal, he's gonna write his book and he's gonna make the rounds and he's going to get a fellowship at some think tank okay so i'm a little disappointed with myself because i failed to mention that he recently had gone to ukraine to serve in defense of the ukrainians and uh, i left that whole douchebaggery out but yeah he was on the polish border of the ukraine and the fighting was 800 miles away so you know (laughs) oh my god dude i could did he say what books he bought, or did I miss that part? I was curious. He just said he had a stack of uh, counterintelligence books that he was supposed oh. to brush up on before some operation. Or probably just to brush yeah. up on to make it sound like he actually believed, like sounded like a believable counterintelligence guy. Yeah. It was on the agenda, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. Probably. Oh, that might, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, they talk, they talk about him a lot on the agenda, so. Yeah, they love the MSNBC over there. All right. Um, well, now that, uh, now we're on the semifinals, but Mike, if you're here, you do owe us, owe us an OP playout clip since he lost. I don't know if you're. I do. I do owe you an OP clip. Um, here's a, a quick OP, uh, clip. Uh, here we go. It's about a minute long. Yep. That's right. Alex Jones is pure garbage. <laughs> what do you put those families through? Uh, 
at Sandy Hook. He's pure and utter garbage, and he's a con man. And uh, what's sad is yesterday during um, during the news that Alex Jones had to pay a billion dollars to the families of Sandy Hook, the amount of people that were still supporting Alex Jones was completely and utterly pathetic. The lack of empathy in humanity is uh, downright depressing. It, it is it is pathetic. And know who else is pathetic? Joe Rogan for having a relationship with Alex Jones. Know who else is pathetic? Anthony Cumia for filling in for Alex Jones when he wasn't available to do his info wars. How famous do you need to be that you would say yes to filling in for that monster Alex Jones? There you go. Jesus Not a big fan Christ. of AJ. Everybody knows that that, I mean. I, I, I'm sorry, I meant to play this one. I know I'm evil, but I try to be good, and I hope God forgives me. Yeah. Wow, that um, that's another example of you should have played that one first. I think uh, I not that I can vote in these things because I host the polls, but goddamn, anybody that hates Alex Jones, that's a barometer for me of someone that um, is not well, a fun. Yeah, person. obviously he doesn't know much. Like Alex Jones never harassed the family. He's like what he did to the, he didn't do anything to the family. I don't even know if he mentioned any of them really. Maybe once he. The only guy was that uh, that Robbie Parker guy who was laughing. Yeah, he since apologized. Uh, he did everything that, uh, from what I could tell, was requested of him. Uh, and uh, here we are. He owes uh, $2.7 trillion. I mean, if we were holding everyone to the same standard that Alex Jones has been held to recently, there'd be a lot more payouts. And we should. We should hold everyone to that standard. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. You better have insurance. Ass whooping insurance. All right, semifinals. Holy shit, we're finally here. Semifinals, round two. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get it. I believe Ready? it's going to be go. Oh, I should have been paying more attention. I think it's Howard Stern versus Jesus Christ. Where's my bracket? I got too many tabs open. People, I'm sorry. See, this is why somebody else should host this show. Would be uh, the same. What? What? <laughs> uh, we're looking at. Um, yeah, here we go. We're looking at uh, yeah Taki with TT versus Howard Stern. Oh. I keep, somebody sent me a pronunciation guide for his name, a very in-depth one on Nogenda Social, and I still can't do it. Taiki, Taika with Titi. And uh, up first, it's going to be Howard Stern versus Taki. All right, let's do it. We're going to make it happen here. Okay. So Howard Stern, uh, he's obviously, obviously has been through a bit of an evolution these past uh, seven years. <clears throat> right around... 2012, 2013, that's when he started to do the turn and started to become a little, well, he tried to become a little bit more mainstream. But some of his old inclinations to attack and really call names at some Hollywood elite did not subside. He had a hard time letting go of that stuff. And this is right around the time where Howard was in the running to be a, a host on America's Got Talent, something that he really desperately wanted, and he was really lobbying hard to get this position. And lo and behold, this rubbed somebody the wrong way. Ellen DeGeneres, it rubbed her the wrong way, and this is what uh, Howard had to say about Ellen fighting back on his wishes to be an AGT host. 
get into this business to to sit there and fantasize about judging karaoke contests. So I'm okay with this. But when you piss on somebody's job opportunity, you know, Ellen really wanted to be a judge on American Idol. Wasn't her goal when she got into the business, but she really wanted it and she took the job. She would deny me my dream job because she doesn't like me personally. And that's why I told you Ellen's a cunt. And let me tell you another thing. I'm putting a curse on Ellen DeGeneres. Now, when you ask me what a curse is, I told you it is bad karma for anyone to block anybody from getting a job, unless they've murdered someone. If she's in a position to say to the American Idol bosses, it's either me or him, if she puts that to them, that's really bad karma. So they're talking about American Idol there, but it was, it was, uh, he wanted to be an American Idol, he wanted to be an AGT, any sort of variety show. And, uh, during, uh, like 2000 and, I read around 2005, 2006, you know, Artie Lang was on the show, and the show was a lot more rough and tumble, there's a lot more roasts, it was a lot more, uh, abrasive of a show, and during those shows, Oftentimes, when uh, Ellen would come up, they would roast her. They would make fun of her dancing, her guests, her whole persona. And they, they let anybody pretty much in, in Hollywood have it. It was, nothing was really off limits, but that started to turn. But you hear there, in 2013, some of that old Howard really came out. But here's a clip from 2015, not but two years later. Howard was already, uh, had been a judge on America's Got Talent. He was part of the NBC family. And lo and behold, who is he interviewing? Ellen on his show. And this is what he has to say. I love every show when you come out and dance. I actually look forward well, to it. Well, you look forward to seeing now, what moves now, he's going to do yeah, today. They're the same moves every but, day. But what's <laughs> weird about it is I'm trying to break down why I like that. There you go. The person oh my God. who just called a cunt now is like i i love you i'm enamored with you i can't get enough of your dancing this over two years over two years that's all it took Uh, and those are my clips that's all i need what a flip flop flip flopping fucker dude flip flopped on the vaccine flip flopped on ellen i love you ellen all i need please let me in the cia like you are i want to be in the cia with you ellen i love your dancing now now, he did put a curse on her in 2013. It does look like the curse did kind of pan out. Yeah, it did. So. Is he some kind of warlock? Now, he could be a wizard. Could be like a level five wizard. We don't know. But he has been around for a long time. Gorgon. Those are my to actually that, ask you this, Mike. What is a Gorgon? A Gorgon, uh, I think it's like, uh, a hybrid. It's like, it's, it's not like a, a creature born of this earth. I think it's summoned through a portal. I don't know. You know, I should know. I, I play D and D, but I don't know that one. Wow. But, uh, Alex Jones likes, likes to put, he likes to put it right next to Bigfoot and everything else. A, 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 a Gorgon, a zombie, a vampire, a werewolf, a chubacabra, a Bigfoot. He puts them all in the same category. Most commonly refers to three sisters who are described as having hair made of living venomous snakes and horrifying visages that turned those who behold them to Ooh, that's a good sitcom idea. Oh, Medusa. Okay. Hey, all right. Yeah. Um, Medusa was not Bigfoot sightings than Gorgon sightings, though. Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen a Gorgon even depicted. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, you'd be stoned if you did. 
Right? Yeah. The Gorgon I am pretty stone. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Wakiki. Woofie, you're up with Wakiki. Oh, did he fall over? He's dead. Everybody knows that that, I mean. And his head is gone. Oh, you did what I did and muted yourself for a while, didn't you? Yeah. uh, Unearthed tweets, Taika, cancelled. What has he said to get himself cancelled for? Is this the quartering? All right, so we're uh, what what clip was <laughs> what clip was uh, that? Thirteen. Oh, thirteen. Okay, I was not scrolled down for you. But bam! Unearth tweets from almost a decade ago drew criticism for shaming trans women and beauty pageant contestants. A tweet from all the way back in January sixteenth, two thousand thirteen reads. No disrespect to men who want to be slash dress as a woman. I should have just said their makeup looks manly. Also, no disrespect to meth users. Not exactly sure what that's in reference to. The meth user remark followed an earlier rant in which he criticized beauty pageant contestants, writing, combing, combining heels and bikini whilst plastering your face in orange so you resemble a leather pudding is totes empowering. He was called at the time... When a fellow Twitter user wrote, uh, shaming, phobia, and immense misogyny all in one tweet, but dude, not cool. And Taika wrote back, no, it's not cool. So he doubled down on it. There you go. He's uh, a douchebag. Man, so like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the youngest person here and I can't even understand what they're talking about here. Like, I get clapped back and doubled down, but like, and totes, but, um, Maybe it's just because I haven't slept. I don't know. What was what was what were they saying? <laughs> some Twitter beef was going on he and clapbacks. He said some stuff on Twitter ten years ago about transsexuals and stuff. So he's anti-trans. He's mm. been cancelled. Okay. Oh, so he's successfully been cancelled. He's done with the movies now. I don't know. They're not going to make him make another. They're going to let him make another Thor. God no, forbid that we don't get one. another Thor movie by this guy, man. He's only made like five. It's done. Well, should we hear a review for the first one? Oh no, the second one. The was it called uh, Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. That's the one. Number nine. It's only a short one. Watching About Thor: Love and Thunder long. is like sucking a fart out of an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shark sandwich, shit sandwich. Holy shit. I mean, I kind of did feel that. Yeah, I don't, it was bad. Yeah. Now, Ragnarok, I hate like I hate to admit it. I only watched it once, but I was like, this was... I enjoyed this. Ragnarok. Did he direct that? Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. That's all right. I mainly liked it because they had like Led Zeppelin and good music and shit in it. Like the first Iron Man movie. Like, oh, we got ACDC and there's thing is exploding. This is okay. Jeff okay. Goldblum as well, wasn't that? Uh, 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 hi, apartments.com. All right. Um, what else we got? We got uh, we got a little more Watiti if you want. Uh, number six, I'd say. His approach with Love the, and the... Thunder was to shoot I'm basically. Sorry. Do you want to set that up? Critical drinker just uh, tearing it apart. 
His approach with Love and Thunder was to shoot basically any and every idea that popped into his head, no matter how good or bad, and then just see what he could hammer together in the editing bay. That's why the original cut was apparently four hours long, and even Chris Hemsworth described it as basically unwatchable, sacrificing plot, character, logic, and everything else for the sake of a few jokes. Now, I don't doubt that Taika Waititi is a creative guy, but he's definitely a director that needs oversight and level-headed people around to curb his wilder instincts, and that's the thing that was sorely lacking here. He wrote the theatre scene because it was a funny callback to a well-received scene from the last movie, without really considering why it worked so well last time around. He wanted the payoff, the cheap and easy laughter, the quick dopamine hit, without doing any of the work needed to make it successful. It demonstrates only the most basic, surface-level understanding of what made the scene function, and really, it's pretty emblematic of his entire approach to Love and Thunder. It was a low-effort, low-intelligence, undisciplined production put together by a man that had started to buy into his own hype, confident in his own abilities, and too complacent to push himself to do anything better. That's why he hasn't been asked back for Thor 5. And if nothing else, it should probably serve as a lesson to most aspiring filmmakers about how not to put a movie together. Okay. Uh, that wasn't a bit, was it? Like, you can't chalk that all up to how to a Scottish accent. Hey, Meg. The, the cadence? No, the cadence of that guy speaking. I think that's how he talks, right? I don't know. Do you know? Every last word of the <laughs> sentence was in like this. It was quite weird. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like he reminded me I of like, like a, a skinny version of Fat Bastard from Austin Powers or something. I like it. He's great. Y'all across the pond, man. Yeah, you got know? funny ways of talking. You don't know if he's skinnier That's than it. Fat Bastard. He could be fatter than Fat Bastard. You're right. I'm assuming his uh, weight gender. That seals the deal for old Taika Waititi. Well, fuck it. Let's start the poll up and wrap this show up, shall we? It's uh, 865-465-6271, 865-465-6271. The poll's live. Howard Stern or Taika Waititi. Who's the bigger douche, you know? I, um... Man, I'm surprised. I, I'm, like... I always say this, but I'm just shocked how this has gone. I'm surprised uh, Opie has not is not going to be in the finals still. still not over. You know, partially it's my my fault because I the the clips I was uh, looking for I could not find. It's hard. The internet's a big place. There's too many places to look. Caller, you're on the air. Battle of douchebag. It's part eight. Yeah, remember that hilarious TV sitcom that was Gorgon's Company. With the witches that manipulated the eunuch? No. The Howard uh, Stern's a douchebag. Yeah, I agree. I don't remember this sitcom. What air, What did it air on This and what decade? You said, oh, oh, yeah, Three's Company. That was the whole premise. You guys just explained what a Gorgon was. But and did I they have like, snakes oh, for hair? Three's Company. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, I guess what? you're right. I just I, I I didn't see much Three's Company, but I don't remember anybody with snakes. Right I didn't there. either. It was just, it, it was time. culturally it, yeah. Was, oh, I'm sorry, we're talking over each other. Where does Mister Roper? It was culturally fit significant. In there. And I I, I well, what about Mister Furley? I thought it was a good pun. <laughs> we got to do a bracket: Mister Furley versus Mister Roper. Why douche? Uh, so you're going Howard Stern all the way, uh, Big Money? I'm going Furley. Big 
Big Money, Howard Stern, yeah, douchebag of my generation. All Fuck right. that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. Thank you, caller. Right, thank you. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> thank you, caller. Kind of harsh. I think he Fuck. nailed it. He nailed it. I mean, what an argument. How can you argue with that? All right. Uh, I had a hard time following. We have a caller that I think about. is. I think this is the caller that's been trying to call in. that keeps not getting through. So I'm just going to call them back this time. How about that? How about that? Oh, I like that. I like it. You're you're an aggressive host. I like that. I've seen. I I don't. I don't. I could be wrong, but I think you chase after the listeners. <laughs> hey, it's like wait. Hey, why aren't you listening? Start, Come back here. When you I've got seen, I've seen a number that keeps like calling it. Maybe this isn't it. I don't know. I saw a number that kept trying to call in, and I would always hit decline because there was always a caller on the line. Maybe this isn't them. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. Hello. Holy moly. Let it go. This is a real close race here, people. Yeah, you might be having a poo or something. You uh, have reached. Oh, my God. Sorry, caller. Couldn't do, couldn't do it. Um. Anyway, phone lines call back, back over. We'll give him a call back it in a It sounds a little bit like Carolyn Blaney there. Could be. She oh, does usually twist. typically call in it. Uh, you people are fantastic. Thanks. Well, I'm going to hit the bucket. Oh, go. oh, oh that's cool. somebody else. New caller. Caller, you're on the air. Caller, how you doing tonight? Hey. Great. Just peachy. The Phillies <laughs> are going to be in the World Series. <laughs> Would you think Howard Stern the biggest douchebag? Howard Stern coming in yeah. again. A lot of lot of love out there for ha- hating Howard Stern. Wow. It seems like these days. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That Howard, Howard Stern's a total fucking douchebag, and uh, you know, I'd shit down his throat if I could. Oh my lord! Oh, that's wow. a gross. Would you want it to be a? Would you want it to be a like a a hard? Or like at least a solid, like soft serve shit, or would you want it to be just Thai hot food, diarrhea? fire running, hot Thai diarrhea. food, ah, fire running, brown drunken rain. noodles. Mm. You know it, drunken noodles. Nice. Yep, nice. that's that's my vote. Hey, hot top for now, fellers. All right, thank you, caller. Love you. Let's to work. Hot brown very, very shit down Howard Stern's throat, man. Not saying he wouldn't deserve it, but that's an image to behold. That might be some good network well, shit right there. I think he's just got to destroy Taika Waititi because uh, he's Howard Stern and he took out Prince Andrew, so he's got to go all the way. It's it, there is a problem with notoriety here, and I think that if Taika Waititi was as notorious as Howard Stern, mm. I think uh, he might even take the cake here. But the problem is he's yeah. a newer he's newer to the scene. There's an emotional it's element, smarmy. is what you're saying, Mike, because I think yeah, people uh, are so still many learning people how to like say us have been have yeah. been let down by Howard Stern. It's all emotional here. It's name recognition. Oh no, no. I uh, I did not. Um, I set this That's poll cool. for a uh, full day instead of uh, five minutes, but we're gonna head, oh, go ahead. And, we're gonna <laughs> go ahead and call it here because ninety. Uh, I'm gonna call it because it's now been five minutes. Howard Stern wins with ninety two percent of the vote. Biggest blow of the night. Watiti. Wow. Is out. Uh, caller, I knew I could yes. do it. Real quick comment before we move on. Thank heavens. Oh, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I can't listen for twenty-three more hours. <laughs> yeah. Timer issue. Uh, yeah, I, was, I saw that and I was like, oh shit. I uh, yeah, I forgot to. Uh... Anyway, yeah, we're going to call it. Luckily, it was uh, if it was a close match, I'd have to probably redo the poll. But 
I've seen you do some long shows, sir. I have done a 17 hour show before, but uh, that was for the hundredth episode. All right. Um, Howard Stern, man, what a fucking blowout that was. Holy mackerel. To be fair, I had a couple of really good clips there. So. That's true. The Ellen debacle. It's a, that, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a, it's a big douche move by him. Yeah. And it's hard to make you sympathize with Ellen, but Howard Stern is somebody that could do it. <laughs> yeah. To go on a radio and call somebody a cunt, that's, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Because yeah, you're a cunt. I do that all the yeah, time. Never, I did that, that to never, Joey uh, Behar two douchebag battles ago, though. Well, you never also, gets brought up, though, on, on his behalf that he, that he did that. You know, that I would just give them a scheduling cancel update a lot of people. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, man, uh, here we go. Just like, get yeah, a tap on the wrist first. Oh, here we go. You're a cunt. Alright, last matchup of the semifinals. Oh, oh, did you want to give a one very short clip play? God damn it. I got too many, I got too <laughs> many. Get this shit together. Right. It's going to take a lot of editing this time, boys. Just kidding. I don't have time to do that anymore. All right. Um, you failed. Yeah. Wrong. We're getting there. Uh, all right. I'm pissed. What do you want? What do you want? One last t- uh, Watiti playout clip here. Real shorty. Get us on to the last. Uh, um, the shortest one would be like the seven. All right. Thor Love and Thunder is the gayest Marvel movie yet, written and directed by a man with the mind of a seven-year-old. And that's not even my take on the movie, that's what the people responsible for selling it to us are saying. I mean, really, if that doesn't get arses in seats, then I just don't know what will. So it sounds like somebody went down a uh, Scottish movie reviewer YouTube rabbit hole. I'm I'm mm. pretty sure I I've heard this guy review uh, modern Star Trek. So I, that was I a different guy the than the last one, right? Had to be. Yeah. I think it's so. the same bro. It's the same guy. It's the same bloke. Yeah, critical drinker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's oh, famous. So just, he it's, just he drinks. He, he ends his sentences drinks. like this oh, when he's right. uh, yeah, yeah. drinking. Yeah. Critical he's drinker. good. He's talking. Yeah. If you watch like Nerdronic or anything like that, he's in the same category. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm uncultured. I don't know. Yeah, you are. I only watch. <laughs> I only watch YouTube videos from places where I live. Okay. Okay. It's a bunch of guys making moonshine and driving trucks. That's what I watch. There's actually been a lot of uh, transgenders uh, making YouTube videos where you live recently. Oh, yeah. I'm probably friends with a couple of them. All right. Um, the new wave. Let's let's get it. Last one of the semifinals. Eric Adams versus Kathy Hochul. I believe this is, Tom, you going against yourself. Uh, All New York. All because New you've York been cleaning out. Um, so you're, you're facing Holy off against well, it, It's funny because the... <laughs> Previous mayor and previous governor actually butted heads, and that would make more sense, whereas these two are just kind of working with each other real close. I think Eric is more of a Kathy's bitch, but that's just my take. Whoa. Well, so the mayor's the mayor's running the governor. No, no. Other way. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Well, yeah, that would make sense uh, from an authority standpoint, yeah. You failed. <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up and let you take over here, Tom. And I'm Wrong. just gonna listen and look pretty. Okay, so um, 
The Department of Sanitation is very important to New York City because it's a very disgusting place. And if trash is not picked up regularly, it can be a smelly problem. It's already a smelly problem. It's a smelly place to start with. Now, uh, we had a lot of outdoor dining setups established. Uh, I'm personally a fan of some of them, not all of them. Uh, anyone that drives will just tell you they hate them. I, I was sitting down with a friend on a bench next to a building looking at one and like, what, where are all these rats coming from? I just don't understand. And it was one of those, those obvious things that just hits you in the head. And he's like, dude, look in front of us. And there's a, there's a trash bag, a rat goes from the trash bag and then it goes back inside the outdoor dining structure Completely changed my opinion of that. Uh, I don't think that's the singular source of the increase in rats. Uh, It's certainly like a contributing factor. But, uh, you know, long story short, uh, already told the long story, there's even more rats lurking (laughs) in New York City. In the last month I was there, I've jumped out of the way of rats coming at me and like, the tunnel between 7th and 6th Avenue and the L transfer to the the 2 or 3. Just like jumping out of the way of them. They're just running right at you. But I, I never had one run over my foot. And that happened to me in August just on my Ugh. way out of the city. It's just like, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, there's a lot more of them. So th- the mayor was it's finally Nick. forced you better tell to- him. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't stop him. He's, you know. I think, I think Nick's there. like hands off about this. Like, ah, I didn't have anything to do with this. Um, so the mayor was forced to do, he goes up to a podium that says get stuff done, which, uh, you mm. know, in and of itself is like, uh, how much stuff are you getting done, buddy? Is it gets with an S or gets no S? Uh, I hope I didn't get that wrong. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's that dumb. But the, the solution that they spend most of the time in this address talking about is delaying the garbage put out time by like four hours or so. And depending on what kind of building you live in, that just means the garbage is sitting behind the building. And it got to a point in the last month I was in New York that there were people in the upper floors throwing rat poison down in the alley area. And then I'm watching the morning doves just go eat it. Like, no, get away oh. from that. <laughs> yeah, like people are taking it into their own hands and then just killing other. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, I present to you a compressed uh, sanitation speech from the previous week. And uh, this team uh, is now doing a re-examination as we address the issue of rodents. Uh, Rodent is a real issue. The Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, uh, they have the primary obligation, but every New Yorker and every agency must also contribute in fixing the problem. And that's what uh, Commissioner Tisch uh, has been able to accomplish uh, with this amazing team of women leadership in City Hall. Uh, and the commissioners that are leading these agencies, this is a clear women agenda that is focusing on things that have been ignored uh, for far too long. And they're real visionaries. 
And so, uh, just as a footnote, so when men pop up and state that we are asking them to carve out their agenda, I don't know where they're getting that from. Uh, these women are carving out the agenda of this city, and we don't need uh, folks to tell us how to get this done. And this is a primary example of it, of uh, fighting crime, fighting inequality, fighting rats. Uh, is something that we are focused on as we continue to make this city a livable city. Everyone that knows me, they know one thing. I hate rats. You know, when we started killing them in Borough Hall, you know, some of the same folks are criticizing us now, called me a murderer because I was killing rats. Well, you know what? We're going to kill rats. Rats have no place in this city, and we're going to use every method that's needed to do so so they're not harming families and our quality of life. We know, um, again, I use my rivers analogy, there are many rivers that are feeding the sea of rodents in this city, and today we're damming one of them. Commissioner, uh, moving towards the direction of this city being the cleanest city in America. That's our goal. And this is not uh, the only trash bin to accomplish that. Uh, so please don't go out and see a rat and say, okay, you guys failed. No. We have to do several things to change the mindset and the culture that comes with the dirty street. Dropping stuff on the ground, uh, putting stuff in, your, in the subway stations and just eating and leaving food there. We're going to pivot and shift based on the need. If these buses stop, we can pivot and shift another way. When I was at the Herc uh, last night, I was amazed to find out how many people were there that we were able to take them and connect them with where they wanted to go. So I should uh, preface this. I I trans. This is the same conference, but uh, this is during the Q and A, and uh, they're talking about the migrant influx. So we we're over twenty thousand that have come through our system, but a substantial number were able to go where they wanted to go, and so it's difficult to say how long something is going to be in place because we we're going to pivot and shift based on the demand. This is what we've always done. You know, we're going to pivot and shift based on what we're hit with. We were hit with this unprecedented influx. And what do we do? We pivot and shift it to make sure that we address it. It sounds like the same speech, but the same topic. <laughs> Man, if there's I can't one tell. thing He's I not fucking making hate, fucking rats. He gets fixated on slogans and things. It's... Yeah. Uh, what I gathered from clipping him so much was like, oh, he likes to say the same same thing. Do people show up to his like campaign rallies holding signs that say "We hate rats too"? <laughs> I think there's probably more birds or fake people actually. Okay. All right. Well, that's um, that's Eric Adams, I guess. Yeah. Let's yep. um, let's open this poll, and then we're on to the very final matchup of the night. It's time to get back to work. All right, we're looking this at Eric indeed, Adams. Yes. Eric, oh wait, no, we have Kathy, don't we? Still, ah, shit, that's me too. I forgot you were going against yourself. I was like, well, Tom went; he was the last person that's supposed to go. But I was, I like, was no, not anticipating this kind of play out. But uh, yeah, um, getting yeah, ahead of myself or yourself. But this was actually the dilemma I had making. I'm like, which one of these people is worse? And uh, unhappy New York, my editor and uh, research assistant and girlfriend uh, roommate, <clears throat> she pointed out the fact that Kathy Hochul, you know, she governs New York City and the rest of the state. So she's affecting a lot more people. 
she might be the bigger douchebag. She's definitely um, more evil, but on a douche level, I think we got to go Eric Adams. Well, yeah. I th- I don't think Eric is as cognizant of what he's do- like he's kind of just right. along for the ride. He like he likes he's having fun. And one of those callers like, earlier had a good point where it's like if Kathy's on Kathy's front, if you're comparing yourself to God all the time, that's pretty douchey. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's like over the I'm not necessarily that religious, but even I find that offensive. Um, well, it just shows just you, terms like, of think of yourself so highly, even if you don't think it's sacrilegious. Well, I, I think it's kind of like a socio, sociopathic aspect where she she's adjusting to the environment she, she's in. And uh, the next clip is also from a church, but for a different topic after the Buffalo shooting. And... She's going to speak in a very, maybe even more animated way, and to a church audience. And I, I grew up um, Presbyterian, so I'm no cool. stranger to like what going to church is like. But I think that also helps me clue in when people are just like, I'm a politician here to leverage this as much as possible. And I, you know, it's pretty common for politicians to go to churches and kind of you know rally for support in that in that way but in a sort of respectable way to the medium itself and where you are where kathy's approach is just like no i'm i'm like the pope i can interpret the word of god is our call to action and i'm calling out the social media platforms where this hate can be spewed and people are learning how to create guns and violence and weapons and what this dissemination this virus called white supremacy white supremacy and nationalism and this idea of replacement theory have you heard of this well if you're watching fox news you're familiar with it because they talk about it all the time And what that says is part of stirring up this anger in people and putting us us against them is that the them, the immigrants, the Jews, the blacks are coming after us, the white people in this country. And they're trying to stir us all up. But I'm sorry, there's more of us than you. People, People who believe that God loves all of us. We are all children of God. And we have a right to live in security and safety. And my God, there are far too many guns on our streets. You can have that hatred and sit in your house and ferment and be an evil person. Okay, stay in your basement. But when you have access to a gun and you're able to go over to Pennsylvania and buy a magazine that has capacity to slaughter countless individuals as happened here in my beloved hometown, then we have to do more as a nation to stop the spread of these weapons of mass destruction. Because that's what we have on our streets. We're not in a war abroad. This is not Afghanistan. This is not faraway countries. This is not Ukraine where they're defending their lives. This is the United States of America. We don't need those weapons in our streets and on our hands. So, yes, yes, Julian Cook, Reverend Julian Cook, you said this is a moment of call to action. 
Oh, I am fired up. You can tell. I am fired up. I'm going to mend our broken hearts this day forward. And we will go forth. And don't underestimate the people of Buffalo. Because I talk about Buffalo all the time. They're tired of this it's everywhere else. But I say, you don't know us. Because we are as tough as nails. And people have put us down our entire lives. They underestimate us. But we are strong. We are Buffalo strong. And we'll show the world how we take this moment of despair. And with the presence of God, we rise up. And we lead by our example going forth here today. So thank you, fellow Buffalonians, for inspiring me to march onward to ensure that it ends right here and now. Thank you very much. Take it easy, champ. Why don't you stop talking for a while? Maybe sit the next couple plays out. You know what I mean? She hit, all Kathy. The pre- <laughs> she hit every bullet <laughs> point there that she was trying to get to. That's pretty good. There, hey, uh, at some point, didn't she? There was another uh, church clip from the same era where she gets more into like the online misinformation thing, but I felt like this was this encapsulated it in uh, the perfect three minutes. Like I didn't really cut this up. Hey, oh um, man, yeah, that was. Are, um, are, She's won me over over Eric Adams after that. I think um, we yeah. got a real winner on our hands right there with that one. Personal sway as well. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, um, hey, now we are ready get, for that for that uh, poll, and then uh, after that, it's on to the very last matchup: uh, Howard Stern versus whoever wins this one. Go! The poll's live. I think I actually did it for five minutes this time. Yes, Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul. I think I'm pronouncing that right now. 865-465-6271 and 865-465-6271. We had a question, didn't we? Yeah, we question. I was going to say, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, okay. I missed it. Um, he just keeps talking over you because he's rude. <laughs> sorry about that. Shy. Um yeah, It's true. Well, hang on. Uh, I'm going to answer the phone, and then I'm going to tell the caller to wait for a second. Caller, you're on the air. Could you give us just a minute? We're working something out here. Certainly. So, aren't I don't I don't watch football, but aren't the uh, Buffalo Bills super good this year? Is that? Uh, oh, I know who I know who this is. <laughs> I I recognize. I don't I don't know. Does it, Mike? You don't. You're not a sports baller guy. Are you? I, I'm not a big football guy. No, I don't. I don't know. Caller, do you know if the I Buffalo guess... Bills are good this year? They're never good. All right. You know, they're from Buffalo. They're Buffalonians. I mean, just that <laughs> word alone is enough. I heard Kathy <laughs> say, well, are they mozzarella? I heard Kathy say Buffalo so many yeah. times. All I was thinking about by the end of that clip was Buffalo wings. I'm not even kidding. I'm fucking hungry. Oh, the wings, yeah. The Buffalo, you know, Hochul. Can't, I mean, can't Adams be the biggest douchebag and her be the dumbest cunt? I mean, <laughs> that would be... That would be the best because if we could have that. I was thinking they about the yeah. middle of the cunts, but I just figured yeah. like I'd be asking for trouble at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Hochul wins things. She's the biggest douchebag. All right. But ugh. you know, Adams killed half of Nick's family. It. You know, fuck him too. Yeah. He, he's such a piece of shit. He did go off to Nick. You know. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, yeah. He, he's shutting down all the sewer scientists he can. 
you know, while letting the streets run run, run wild with upstairs rats. I mean, sewer rats are fine. We, we need them. Somebody's got to eat shit. But, you know, upstairs rats just suck. That's They're just out in the open, fucking restaurant or curb. They're taking up parking spaces. You know, a rat charged me $65 to park last time I was in the city. <laughs> it fucking sucked. And I blame that directly on Eric Adams. So fuck him and fuck her. That's, that's it for me, guys. Down, don't you? Yeah. Thank, thanks night. for, you know, letting me air my air my opinion on, on C-SPAN here. Hey, that's what Take you Take care. If you call into C-SPAN, you're supposed to talk about how... Right, how listen, listen, okay, listen. If you call into C-SPAN, you're supposed to talk about Howard Stern's cock caller. Hey, well, Bubba Howard Stern. Bubba Booey, Bubba Booey, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bubba Booey, Bubba Booey, uh, Bubba Booey. I got Bubba one more call coming in, caller. Do you mind if I take this? Please. <laughs> All right. Have sure, a good one, see you caller. later. Thank you. Bye. Stay dangerous. <laughs> Thank Hello, you caller, you're on the air. Last caller hey, before I the just final. Wanted... Yeah, that's right, last caller. Wanted to chime in, keep it quick and simple. Is this Eric Billy... Adams is a moron. That It might be. Uh, Eric Adams, moron, fucking tool of the system. Uh, but Whoa. Kathy Hochul, that blasphemous bitch. Uh, oh, boy. Absolute douchebag. Uh, thank yeah. you for your courage, Melodious Elves, for, for surviving that. And Glyph. Congratulations yeah. for putting up with all these fucking yanks this evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. No problem. No problem. For your pleasure. Thank you for your courage, obviously. too, caller. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Adios, mofos. That dangerous. Love that guy. All right. Uh, I'm going to shut down these phone lines here for now. And I'm going to actually remember to do it this time. There we go. All right. Let's, uh, let's see how we're looking. How's the poll looking here? We got 46 seconds left. Let's get that clock going. Uh, let's get that. Uh, yeah, here we go. I think, um, anybody got any predictions on who's going to win this thing without looking? Kathy. Kathy. Well, I right. roll. More, more people. She controls more people. Yeah, and she, I mean, I hate, well, God. I hate women as much as any rational person. Um, Unfortunately, God makes you a douchebag a little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> this woman really takes a kick. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go check it out here. How do we do? Drum roll, please. Final results. All right, with uh, wow, with uh, yeah, seventy-four percent of the vote, Kathy took it. So it's uh, you got three quarters of the vote essentially there. That's uh, 31 people voting, and that means it's going to be Howard Stern versus Kathy Hochul in the final round, which we are advancing to right now. Oh, unless you, well, Holy unless you want to do a play a Eric Adams playout clip, you have that option. Oh, you know what? Uh, I got one. All right. uh, Sandy and Randy's good to see you. Uh, let me be clear on something. I'm the mayor of the city, and I'm going to make some tough choices. And people are not going to agree with some of them. They're going to look through their primary lens. Uh, they're going to talk about different things. Uh, but generals lead from the front. I was not elected to follow. I was not elected to be fearful, but to be fearless. I must move this city forward. If it's about ridding our streets of guns, 
It's about turning around our educational system. It's about dealing with our economy. I know people would like to stay and just pinpoint one issue and one item and make a decision, but I have to take the totality of my city and your city to turn around. And I want to be clear, I am unafraid of making the decisions just like I was unafraid to put on that uniform and patrol this street of this city. Tough choices take a tough person to be able to make them. And I know you know, 8.8 million people in this city, 30 million opinions. I got it. And today, the decision we're making, we're not making it loosely, haphazardly. We're not doing it because there are pressures to do it. We're doing it because the city has to function. We're leading the entire country, for the most part, in unemployment. We're seeing unbelievable vacancies in our business district. Everyday men and women that are standing right here is dependent on our economy turning around so they can provide for their families. Then we have to have vaccination rules to make sure that we don't close down the city again. You take all of the combinations of what we must do and you realize you better have a mayor that's willing to make those tough choices and willing to stand up and do what's right. And that is what we're doing today. Today we're joining and saying that we will continue to take steps for New Yorkers, for visitors to come back to this city to ensure that union employees are working, to ensure that we uh, open our entertainment venues, our ballparks, our concert stages, to bring people to the city. Multi-billion dollar industry is tied to tourism. That's a real issue for us. And I've always said over and over again, we're going to focus on the science, we're going to do what's right, and we're going to make sure we're healthy. And being healthy is not only physically healthy, it's economically healthy. Damn. Wow. He said it all. They really touched on a lot, didn't they? <laughs> Um, God, or yeah. not. <laughs> I want you to look at yourself in the mirror right now, because this is the last time you're going to be looking this gay in your whole life. All right, Eric Adams is out. You beat yourself in That's the semifinals. Right. There, we are on to New York. Found a worse mayor than Bill De Blasio. It's incredible. That is pretty crazy. I mean, is he? Yeah, it was terrible. He, yeah, De Blasio was off the chain. This is guy's worse. Um, Let's yeah. uh let's go ahead and do it. It's uh round three finals. Round three final. It's gonna be Howard Stern versus Kathy Hochul. Starting off with Howard Stern. Howard Stern loves his limos, and he's had various problems with his limos over the years, as documented on his show. Whether they're too big or they're uncomfortable, he bitches about them on the air, and he acknowledges, yeah, it's a it's a it's a rich thing. Uh, but he still bitches about it, which is in and of itself is kind of douchey. Uh, in this clip, which is a little longer, it runs about uh, two to three minutes, he is bitching that his newest limo is not what it would, uh, what it should be, in that uh, it's a little bit more annoying to him than he thinks it should be. So here is the, uh, the famous pet cock segment from 2007 Howard Stern. I love petting cocks. Ronnie, the limo driver, is going to be so mad at me. 
Why? Because I'm going to bust his balls right now. Okay. But I, I always care. like it when you bust his balls, so I'll get ready to have some fun at his expense. Well, then sit back and relax. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm in my, uh, listen, I'm a lucky guy. I get to ride around in a limousine. Yes. And I, you know, I pay for the privilege. But nevertheless, a limousine is just a car that's stretched out, right? Mm-hmm. And the first car I ever owned was a 1970 Valiant. The amazing thing about this car had this spectacular feature. If you were hot, you could put on the air conditioning. Uh, the Valiant had air conditioning. And if you were cold, you could put on the heat. You could put on heat. And this was amazing to me that I could sit in a car. And I came to find out that every car has this. So this maniac, Ronnie the limo driver, who, by the way, will never, ever buy another limo. For you. For me. Well, Never. I will go Stupid. out and buy the limo. What has he done now? I'm sitting in the back of the car when I was out uh, Saturday night. It was cold out. So I go to put the heat on. And it, it, sometimes heat takes a second to come on. Sure. It's blowing cold air. I said, just be patient. The heat will come on. We're freezing now more because now... Cold <laughs> air cold is in. blowing on you in a cold But I have a switch that says heat yes. and has air conditioning. Lo and behold, I, I put down the window and I, and I say to my driver... The fuck's going on? I'm freezing back here. I'm free. He goes, no, no, no. You remember, Ronnie has a converter in there. At a certain point, he has to switch it to air conditioning, and another time he has to switch it to heat. There's so some it's mechanism. Like after he it's like a high rise building. Yeah. Air conditioning. Yeah, I was going to say in October, every building in Manhattan goes to heat. How do you have a fucking car in America? It's the only fucking car that I know of. I can't have heat. You're the only one who has a converter. I have to decide it's not, it's not that converter. Com- what is it? Explain to All me right. what's going on. Here's what happened. Do you remember you, we had a problem with the air conditioning? It wasn't blowing cold. Remember? It wasn't yeah. blowing cold. Enough. Why is that? All right. So what they did was. They went back to the old system they used to use years ago before they had climate control on these things because it's separated from the front to the back, okay? Do you follow any of this? No. no. There's two separate units in there. For the, fuck you. You don't understand. I'm trying I'm to explain trying to, to you. I'm trying to understand you. Go ahead. There's two separate fuck units. You. Why would you, you under- say fuck you? No one under- because Ronnie, you there's not a car in America that doesn't have heat and air conditioning. Yeah, all right, it's wait two a minute. separate units. The separate back and the units. front. The so back and the front. Why did they coordinate them? All right, so here's what happened. To call, so I just you want have you to do. heat and cold I want you, you to go today and tell this guy who in America has a car that doesn't have air conditioning and heat. The simp- oh, I can oh, go by the shittiest has, car it has on the planet. air conditioning and heat, but here's yeah, but what I, I can't simultaneously in the summer, work. In the summertime, here's what I have to, to do. To build a fireplace back here. Do you have- and it goes on for another 45 minutes to an hour of uh, berating Ronnie the limo driver. Listen. Uh, these are some of my favorite clips of all time. It's some of my favorite radio segments. Uh, but, uh, as I, as I have to present here as a, a, a lawyer to present the, the biggest douchebag, I gotta present this clip where he is a rich guy bitching at his limo driver that they have to pull over in order to turn on the heat, which probably requires five minutes. And but the I guess the brilliance of Howard Stern he's able to span it over. Uh, this is like a segment that lasts for days, where he's able to just berate Ronnie over and over again for the amusement of the listeners, such as myself. Now, I'll tell you what pissed me off though. It's like fuck you, dude. I don't know. Like I've never I've been always very low. Like if, if anything, very low middle class. I've never had a lot of money. My parents didn't have a lot of money. You know. But when I got my most of the cars I've ever had, the trucks I've had. You know how many fucking summers I was sweating my dick off. You know, like 90, yeah. 100 degree weather or in the winter. I, when I, they, 
the heat usually worked. It was rare the heat didn't work. But goddamn, it's like what kind of? It's like every car in America has that. You privileged fuck. No, it doesn't. Yeah, my car, my first car, did not have. Uh, you know, later on, like halfway through its life, didn't have heat or air, and uh, so yeah, it's. This is 2007. You know, obviously, started to lose uh, his uh, blue collar uh, <laughs> ethics well, there, he, and what he he's talk about. Not even like a, a direct contact for whoever is servicing his vehicle. Like he has no idea what's involved or what goes out no. or what's maintained. It's like, oh yeah, this guy drives me, and this all happens. Yeah, it's my account a, just it's takes the money out of my bank account it. automatically, and I don't know what they. Yeah. And he, the real reason why he's upset is that his girlfriend at the time, Beth, uh, he was trying to impress her that he's Howard Stern. He's got all this money. He has a working limo and, uh, the heat did not work when it was supposed to work. So it made him look like a fool. So, and, uh, he feel, he, he probably feels like in this instance, he's a douchebag, but on the air, he's performing as a douchebag, which is entertaining, but he is one. And he uh, is uh, berating his limo driver, his very loyal limo driver, Ronnie. The existential douchebag. Yeah, it's on multiple levels right there. Shit, man. Howard Stern, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what an amazing joke I just told. That was a misfire, not what I was going for. But that works. Uh, Let's go on to uh, Kathy. And then we'll, uh, All we'll right. see who the final big champ is for the night. So there, there were you know big mandates and things and announcements and uh, hardships as a result on individuals and their families, but it really attacked the social structure. Like I was in a a, a Brooklyn poker club, very low stakes. Um, really fun experience for like five or six years and they instituted like testing at ridiculous prices and then there was a vax mandate and it's just like i never played with those guys again and um that wasn't because of kathy but kathy kathy was really pressuring people to do things that she couldn't actually get done with enough support but it's more about what she actually wanted to happen and was telling people they should do that was disturbing. And uh, so uh, I have a clip where she's talking directly to people that own sports stadiums and uh, telling them what policies she thinks they should do, but she's not implementing. And then I top it off with an appearance she has at a Rangers game. But I've seen a lot of good signs lately, and it's very, very promising. Last night we opened Broadway. Uh, that is, Broadway was the first to shut down and the last to reopen as far as our key uh, industries that help define our state. Everyone comes to New York City, all those 60 million tourists a year who used to come, and they all want a ticket to Broadway. So I was there on the stage of Phantom of the Opera. I wanted to go there because that's where masks were first really popularized. If you remember the Phantom, uh, years before anybody else thought it was cool to rock a mask, uh, the Phantom of the Opera had a mask on. So we were there, a lot of excitement if you saw the news coverage. We want to make sure that people are safe. You had to be vaccinated to go in here. People still wore masks. And we also know how smart this was. So we were able to open this industry, which is really 
really, really, really hard hit, was hard hit, and I had many conversations with people in that industry. It's important to our economy. It's important to our identity. So it was a big night to get that uh, Broadway open again. Uh, went to baseball games, people being very smart again as well, and wearing their masks so, and making even outdoors in places where we congregate. So we're going to continue making um, New York reopen by having people continue wearing masks. And also I want to commend the organizations and County Executive Mark Polenkar, as we tweeted him this morning, uh, for being smart and basically saying, if you want to go to a sporting event, even if it's outdoors, because of the large congregation of people, whether it's a Bills game, Sabres game, or other games across the state, you should be vaccinated. We are not, in the, we are not able to mandate that under the more limited um, powers that I have compared to what was allocated to the governor last year by the legislature. That's not a problem because I'm, I'm asking everyone to do this. I'm asking every organization, every sports organization to follow this lead and institute a requirement that your fans be vaccinated before they can attend. That's how we're going to deal with this fall vulnerability. This is where people congregate, big gatherings, a lot of tailgating going on. But if people are there who've been vaccinated, it'd be a far different outcome if we allow people to come who are not. Meanwhile, Governor Kathy Hochul dropped the puck at tonight's New York Rangers game at Madison Square Garden and the reception from the crowd likely not what she was expecting. Take a listen. Tonight, we'd like to salute Governor Kathy Hochul, the first female governor of New York State. Governor Hochul began her career. <laughs> the governor was at MSG for Women's Empowerment Night at the Rangers game. So bad. You can hear some pretty intense booing from the crowd. Now, we don't know why the crowd was booing Hochul. We've reached out to oh, the governor's office I and wonder. we are... Still waiting to hear back. <laughs> it happens every time. Every time they try to throw out the first pitch or do the only person that I've seen it work out well for is Ron DeSantis. But everyone else gets booed, and I don't. I don't know why they think it's a good idea every time. The tradition will probably end soon. They don't know how to read the room. Yeah, yeah. They're just very stupid. I think it just it just happened to Jill Biden. Yeah. Dr. Jill. Oh, man. It's hard. It's a hard life for a pediatrician or whatever she is, heart surgeon. So that, that, that's what I got for Kathy to wrap my thing. I don't have any additional notes. She's, she's usually rather boring and hard to clip, but what her actions. There was a couple of those ones you played there that my jaw was about on the floor. I haven't followed her much. I was a couple of those. I was like, geez. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. This lady. Yeah, it's not not so relevant to your state, but uh, I don't but she's been getting away with unelected as governor is disturbing. All right, well that means uh, we are at the very last vote of the night. That's going to be Howard Stern versus Kathy Hochul. Let's go ahead and open that poll. Open the phone lines. Call eight six five eight six five four six five six two seven one. And uh, right, I'm bucket. You got five minutes to vote on that motherfucker. Howard Stern or Kathy Hochul? Only it's one. Tough. Two douches it, enter. It all goes back to New York again. It all goes back <laughs> to New York. Although uh, Howard was big on DC 101, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's his... initially where he cut his teeth, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm currently relocated back to the place where I grew up in northern Virginia, and that was one of the stations I'd listened to growing up. And uh, ninety nine one WHFS, rest in peace. Yeah. 
R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, I think Stern's going to pull us out. It, it, it's it's the clips. The like, m- most of the time when politicians talk, they're extra boring. I did see him as the biggest competition to whoever I brought. Yeah, it's it because it, if well, there's one thing Howard Stern, even even when he was pissing off the, another uh, entire side of the country or another group of people, he knew how to piss people off. He's always known how to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's entertaining. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. 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 <laughs> mm. I'm not buying it. Caller, uh, call us back. I have no idea. All right, probably prank caller. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, brother. Up uh, 33% from this time last year. How sad would it be if that was the last call of the night? That would be pretty awful. I mean, I could call in if you want. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Test out the line real quick. What's that number? Caller, how you doing? You're on the air. It's Battle of Douchebags, Part 8 with Midnight Mike, Tom Starkweather, Woof, and... Yeah, vote. Um, vote. Vote. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, caller? Um, I. Hi. I'm I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're hanging in there. Hello. Hello. This. Uh, Hi. I this Kathy Hochul is the first time I've heard of her, and wow. Hey. What's up with her? Hey. Yeah. What is up Hi. with her? Yeah. Like. You know, bringing everybody down. You know, wow. I thought, I thought at least, Hello. I thought, I thought uh, Howard Stern would pull this out, but uh, man, this Kathy lady. She's a real. She's a. Lives. She's a bummer, man. Kathy's the new Karen. Bummer, man. Kathy is oh. the new Karen, dude. That's a bumper sticker. Sorry, we got a bunch of people calling in, but I'm gonna have to decline until this phone calls over. Sorry, Pete. Hit the, hit oh. the no. Uh, ca- well, caller. Well, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Did you have anything else? Um, any anything else, real quick? Anything? Uh, anything you want to talk about? Anything um, on your mind? Anything on your lap? Anything um, in your kitchen? Oh, uh, we got uh, some butter tarts in the kitchen, and nice. um, they're delicious. Uh, we've got, um, and I've got some olives. Okay. You guys like olives? I like all of them. Oh, yeah, great ones. Black. All of them. I love them. I yeah. like the black so, ones. Yeah, Kathy, but, but, but I mean, Hostern is like, he's Hostern. Doesn't, you know, I, it's all expected with him. Yeah. Sorry, callers. For sure. Oh, actually, Hello. caller, can, right. I, uh, can I pick up this call? I've been declining a lot of calls. I'm going to pick one of these up. Oh, Absolutely. Have a great night, you guys. Love you, caller. Right. Thank you for calling in. We love you. Love you. Oh, oh, oh love, shit! I missed I love it. You. I didn't accept it in time. Right. What do I do? I'll write Hello. a written apology. Uh, I'll Hello. Hang up and then, then the guy can call back. Okay. okay. Hello. Here we go. Here. Here's another one. Caller, you're Hello. on the air. Hey, great show, gentlemen. This is Laren. Laren. Oh, nice. Yeah. So relax. In the morning. So many. Oh, so many great voices. Wow, I didn't think all y'all could actually get on the same stream at the same time. This is just really awesome. Uh, great selection of douchebags. Exactly. 
Exactly. Great selection of douchebags. Y'all have made it a challenge. I want to keep this very quick. I have a crossover show idea for Midnight Mike and Sir Sir Seat Sitter. I think that's what we're one doing right hour now. Of a, it's gonna, uh, the idea is to have one hour of nothing but Alex Jones sound clips conversing <laughs> back and forth. You guys cannot we actually could do talk. It. You have to use your repertoire okay. of, of AJ. I we kind of okay. almost did that for about half an hour the first time Mike was on Abs in a Six Pack. Um, uh, but we, okay, so the the idea we go into it, none of us can talk. We, yeah, we only communicate through Correct. Alex Jones clips. Correct. Okay, yes. take it easy, champ. I'd be willing to indulge. Now, the um to add a step further, since we got the great melodious owls hanging out doing some really awesome music, we'll provide the sound. Hi. Okay. Okay. Right. And like then Gwith and the yeah. other gentlemen, Adam, you two gentlemen, pick pick the secret uh, project. Sorry. Thank you very much. Yeah, wait, Gwith and Adam actually well, get to pick the theme that AJ gets to talk about. No, okay. oh, okay. I, Mike has been yeah, doing I need this some time to prepare. Mike has been doing this a lot longer than me. In fact, when I first discovered his show about a year <laughs> into doing mine, it made me want to give up. So I think he probably <laughs> has about uh, if. It's, I think it'd be conservative to say you have about 500 times more clips because I have about 500 AJ clips, and I think you have Mike, about... Mike, you're my soundboard inspiration. Yeah, I think you have I about 500,000. Two, maybe four. Ah. I have a problem. I know, I have a problem. But plums are peaches, plums. and peaches are peaches. Plums are peaches, and, plums and peaches are peaches. And peaches plums are and peaches are both types of peaches. So, mo, 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 uh, yeah. Well, uh, we, we could do it. I, I like the idea. Yeah, I'm down to, I'm, awesome. I'm down for anyway, it. I'll try anything twice. Cool. Anyway, that was my thought, gentlemen. I love what you guys have been doing tonight. Thoroughly entertaining. Great round of douchebags, as always. It's been very hard to try to pick one to vote for. So, uh, you know, made the biggest douche splash. Peace. Thank you, Laren. I did love call it. you. All right. I think the poll is officially closed. It is. And uh, let's uh, let's go ahead on over there. See what it's saying, Mike. You want to do? Uh, you got a drum roll sound effect? I don't have one loaded up right now. Uh, you don't have an offhand. Yeah, okay. I'll okay. I, I'll 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 boast up in my my favorite new drum sound effect. Here we go. Final results. All right. Well, it was uh, it was close, but it wasn't that close. It looks like uh, Kathy is emerging as the champion. Holy moly! Sixty-three percent of the vote. Sixty-three percent of the vote. Um, Mike, yeah. um, you couldn't make it with Stern. I'm surprised. I think Kathy's the most surprised of all of us. We're gonna be sending her a trophy in the mail. Um, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, unless unless you uh, got one more Stern clip you want to play play her out with, I say we uh, go ahead and hand the championship over. No, to I. I... I do not have another stern clip. That's all I had on deck. Uh, honestly, uh, I was a, a little uh, taken aback by that, but I, I, I gotta respect it. Hey, so nice work. Nice gotta work. respect it. Congratulations! And uh, man, thank you everybody for hanging out, uh, and uh, thank you obviously oh, no to problem. all the all the producers and everyone that made the show possible. I love you all. Thank I love you, Nesworks. Great thank art. You the voters. Oh yeah. And, um, Holy crap! Let's give uh, let's give Kathy let's give Kathy her uh, championship. Holy mackerel! Hello, hello. Mega douche. 
is a mega douche. Well, everybody, be sure to check out OBDM with Midnight Mike, Joe, and Cratchit every Great Wednesday show. at 7 p.m. Rare Encounter Time and every Saturday at uh, noon Eastern. Obviously, you got uh, Tom Starkweather. Check out his No Agenda Mixes. Yeah. Check out his, you have uh, two podcasts that you kind of release interspersedly. MelodiousSounds.com. Woo! And uh, Adam never gets Reptile Pod. Three different shows on one feed. All that will be linked in the show notes. Everybody shows in. It's a fun show. I like yeah. the uh, the Deborah gets red build. And Adam, he's a good guy. He is. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Look, Exactly. Yeah, brother. Now let's go ahead and take the phone calls. I don't want to take calls. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Talk about www.wcom. You got that naked chicks on there, man. You go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I am pretty smart, yay. Plums. Oh, thank you, everybody. Judgment on me, see? Thank you, uh, Sir Vito, Sir Wes of Beaver and Boulder Dash Podcast, Betty, Luke, uh, Blackbeard with two threes, and whoever else I left out. Love all you. If you want to be like the Bible tells us, let's go ahead and podcast. Because you're a cunt. Big old pecker. Day, dude. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I was having those dreams again. You know how just me in a castle, I gotta fight like a thousand wizards. The only way to beat them is to punch them as hard as I can in their faces. Then I'm done. All their little wizard wives came out, wanted me just to have sex with them, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah! Ugh! Oh, oh my god. Oh my oh. god. Oh. Lick it up! I'm troubled, I'm troubled in man. If Jesus don't help me, I surely will die. Wow! Incredible! Yamukio. I'm sorry. I'm on the walls of feces. I'm in a horrible mood. I smoked a ton of crap last night. And as usual, now I feel like shit. I don't give a shit. What is your problem? Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning into Battle of Douchebags Part 8. Thanks again to Woof of AI.Cooking, Adam of Deborah Gets Red Pilled, Midnight Mike of OBDM, and Tom Starkweather of the Melody's House Show. All for joining us. That, that was the final matchup, and now that means we have the eight champions who will be facing off November 6th right after No Agenda. It's going to be Ethan Klein, Jink Uger, George Soros, Bill Gates, Jay fucking Inslee, Joy Behar, Brian Stelter, and Kathy Hochul. So make sure you tune in for that November 6th. Thank you again to the producers. Thank you to Sir Vito, Sir Wes, Blackbeard, Betty, Luke. Can't thank everybody enough. Make sure, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in November 6th. And without further ado, here are all the clips that didn't get played during the show. You're going to hear um, Kathy Hochul starting off. We got some um, Don Pettit, Opie. And uh, Prince Andrew, and it'll go from there. I think wrapping off with Takia uh, Watiti. And there's a little Malcolm Nance in there, too. So. 
All the all the clips didn't get played. Coming up. Thank you all again. And as Fletcher says, watch your butthole. But first, we begin with breaking news just in from Governor Kathy Hochul impacting all health care workers in New York State. The governor announcing moments ago all health care workers will be required to get a COVID-19 booster shot. People will have to get that extra dose within two weeks of becoming eligible, which is as soon as five months after completing that initial vaccine series. The governor calling it a first-in-the-nation requirement. This has been such an important priority. We've already seen what's been happening in our healthcare environments. Staff is getting sick. They're leaving. We need them to get well. We need them to have the best fortification they possibly can, and that means getting a booster shot as well. Now, there are some medical exemptions to this new requirement, but there will not be a test-out option. 97% of the healthcare workforce statewide is fully vaccinated. I'm Don Pettit. I'm a NASA astronaut, and I'm on the International Space Station. We're currently about 240 nautical miles above the surface of Earth. Space Station is a serious place. We're doing serious research, scientific research and engineering research. We have a regenerative life support system, which is a fancy way of saying that we've got a toilet that you use and then a machine that goes chugga, 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 chug. And then you go to the galley and you make yourself a cup of coffee. And that's exactly what you are thinking it is. And this is the kind of engineering research that we're doing on Space Station. It's needed so that when we go to Mars, we won't run out of water. And of course, not only would you have angry birds if you ran out of water, you'd have angry human beings too. I want to do some physics demonstrations that involve some of the things you might see in the Angry Birds game. And of course, I've got my Angry Bird here, but we need a pig. Well, I'm not very good at art. It's a good thing I decided to be a scientist and an engineer instead of an artist, because I'd, I'd probably be starving by now. Okay, here, here is Pig. And of course, Pig is the arch enemy of Angry Bird. And Angry Bird had some eggs. And Pig stole the eggs. And don't ask me how I got the eggs on Space Station. I've got a bungee spread across the hatchway. And this bungee is kind of like a slingshot. And I'm going to show the trajectory that Redbird is going to have when I fire him with this orbital slingshot. Launching Redbird into space. Well, hey, we're already into space. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, all the way down. That's an example of a trajectory. It's a straight line from our perspective here. Gravity will attract an object if it's moving in a straight line, and it will no longer move in a straight line. It gets bent, and it goes in a curved trajectory. And guess what? Astronauts have to worry about these things, because if you're in a rocket, and say you're trying to get from one orbit and rendezvous with space station, you end up going in curved trajectories and you need to know how to fire your rocket engines so that you can go from where you are to where you want to be. And if you understand the math, if you understand the physics, it will allow you to go out and get a neat job. A job sort of like mine, where you're an astronaut and you can fly in space. Learn about these subjects in school. You can also learn about these subjects while you're playing games. 
This guy is full of crap. I ain't broke by the man. Sam, I mean, that's not even like, that's not even open for discussion. I'm, I'm better than Jim and Sam just doing this with no staff, with bad Wi-Fi. I can run circles around those guys. I, I know that. So that's not, that's not a big accomplishment to go, you know, uh, you're better than Jim and Sam. That's, that's, that's an easy one. Was that his appeal then? Was that yeah. what you, because you, you were perceived by the public as being the party prince. Was that something well, you I shared? Well, I think that's um, also um, a bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know why I've, I've, I've um, collected that title because I don't, I, I never have really parted. Um, uh, I was single for quite a long time um, in the early 80s. Um, uh, but then after I got married, I was um, very happy. Um, and and, and I've, I've never really felt the need to go and party. And certainly going to um, Jeffrey's was not about partying. Absolutely not. You said you weren't very good friends, but would you describe him as a good friend? Did you trust him? Uh, yes, I think I probably did. But uh, again, um, I, mean, I don't go into um, a friendship looking for the wrong thing, if you understand what I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an engaging person. I want to be able to engage. I want to find out. I want to learn. Um, uh, and so uh, you have to remember that I was transitioning out of the Navy at the time. Um, and in the transition... Uh, I wanted to, to find out more about what was going on because in the Navy um, it's a pretty isolated business because you're out at sea the whole time um, and I was going to become the special representative for international trade and investment so I wanted to know more about what was going on in the international business world and so that was another, another, another reason for going there and the opportunities that I had to go to Wall Street and other places to learn uh, whilst I was there were, were absolutely vital. He was your guest as well. In 2000, Epstein was a guest at Windsor Castle and at Sandringham. He was brought right into the heart yes, of the but, royal family at your but, invitation. But uh, certainly at my invitation, not at the royal family's invitation, but remember that it was his girlfriend that was the key element in this. He was the, as it were, plus one to some extent in, in, you, in, that, in that aspect. Am I right in thinking you, you threw a, a birthday party um, for Epstein's girlfriend, Galen Maxwell, at Sandringham? No, it was a shooting weekend. A shooting weekend. Just a straightforward, straightforward shooting weekend. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? But during these times that he was a guest at Windsor Castle at Sandringham... Uh, the shooting weekend, yep, yeah. we now know that he was and had been procuring young girls for sex trafficking. We now know that. At the time, there was no indication to me or anybody else that that was what he was doing. And certainly, when I saw him either in the United States... Well, no, when I saw him in the United States, or when I was staying in his houses in the United States, there was no indication, absolutely no indication. And if there was, 
You have to remember that at the time, um, I was patron of the NSPCC's full stop campaign, so I was close up with what was going on in those um, uh, time about getting rid of abuse to to children so I knew what was what the what the things were to look for but I never saw them. So you would have made that connection because you stayed with him you were a visitor a guest on many occasions at his homes mm. and nothing, nothing struck you as suspicious. No. Nothing. During that whole time. Nothing. Just for the record you've been on his private plane. Yes. You've been to stay on his private island. Yes. You've stayed at his home in Palm Beach. Yes. You visited Gellin Maxwell's house in Belgravia in London? Yes. So in 2006, in May, an arrest warrant was issued for Epstein for sexual assault of a minor. Yes. In July, he was invited to Windsor Castle to your daughter, Princess Beatrice's 18th birthday. Why would you do that? Because I was asking Gellin. But even so, at the time, I don't think... I um, certainly I wasn't aware when the invitation was issued what was going on in the United States, and I wasn't aware until until the media picked up on it because he never said anything about it. He never discussed no, with you the fact that, it. that an arrest warrant had been issued. No. So he came to that party knowing police were investigating him. Well, I'm not quite sure. Was it, was it police at River? I don't know. You see, this is the problem. It was the Palm I really Beach don't know. police at the time. But I mean, I'm afraid. You see, this is the problem: is that an awful lot of this was going on in the United States, and I wasn't a party to it, and I knew nothing about it. In 2008, he was convicted of yep. soliciting and procuring a minor for prostitution. He was jailed. This yes. was your friend. How yes. did you feel about it? Well, I ceased contact with him after uh, I was aware that he was. Um, under investigation, and that was later on in, in 2006. And I wasn't in touch with him again until 2010. So um, I just, uh, just it was one of those things that if somebody's going through that sort of thing. Well, I'm terribly sorry, I can't be. Um, so no contact. No contact. Uh, when when he was serving time, there was no, no. call, no letter, no. nothing no. there. No. He was released in July. Within months. By December of 2010, you went to stay with him at his New York mansion. Why? Why were you staying with a convicted sex offender? Right. I have always, uh, ever since this has happened, and since this has become, um, as it were, public knowledge that I was there, I've questioned myself as to why did I go, um, what was I doing, and was it the right thing to do? Now, I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was inappropriate for us to be seen together. And I had a number of people counsel me in both directions, either to go and see him or not to go and see him. And I took the judgment call that because this was um, serious um, and uh, I felt that Doing it over the telephone was the chicken's way of doing it. I had to go and see him and talk to him. I said, look, because of what has happened, I don't think it is appropriate that we should remain in contact. And by mutual agreement during that walk in the park, we decided that we would part company, and I left, I think it was the next day, 
And to this day, I never had any contact with him from that day forward. What did he say when you told him that you were breaking up the friendship? He was what I would describe as understanding. Um, he didn't go into any great depth um, in the conversation about what I was, I was, I was doing, what he was doing, um, except to say that 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 uh, uh, he'd accepted a, whatever it was, a plea bargain. He'd served his time, um, and uh, he was carrying on with his life. You see what I mean? And I said, yes, but I'm afraid to say that 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 that, that, that that's as may be. Um, but with all the attendant scrutiny on me, then I don't think it is a wise thing to do. Uh, Malcolm, I, I want to start with you. My primary concern about this ruling is that it is now open season and that white nationalists and domestic terrorists across this country are high five. What kind of impact does a ruling like this have for everybody from the Proud Voice to militia groups from from Savannah, South Carolina to Seattle, Oregon? The Seattle Washington. Well, let me confirm for you that they are high-fiving. They view this as a major victory. Uh, for some time, you know, the free Kyle uh, T-shirts and Kyle did nothing wrong types of T-shirts have been going on for, for you know, uh, have been inside the white supremacy movement and had mainstreamed itself into the Republican Party world. And by doing that, what they've done is that they have steeped Kyle Rittenhouse in the tea of white supremacy iconography whether he wanted to be there or not. But what he did by his very action of going out, going to a protest across state lines, being within a group of armed men, performing what they call the Korean on the rooftop, right? Defending a position, whether it's a business or other, where they were not invited. And then getting into this fight where he killed two men and wounded a third, that is now the template on how to protest against Antifa or Black Lives Matter or any other person that they consider in the white supremacy world race traitors. You have to understand that for some time, these thoughts have been completely underground. They were not uh, mainstreamed, but now they are. And worse yet, at some point, someone is going to weaponize the self-defense. And when I say weaponize it, I mean they are going to have a designated Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. And when you can anticipate or precipitate an attack, whether it's bottles thrown at you, then not only can that person go back and defend himself, others can turn their weapons and carry out a massacre and say it was in defense of another person. This, this is this going is, to get out of control. Malcolm, what do you think this country needs to do from a national security standpoint in the face of this kind of ruling and against this rising white nationalist terror in general? Well, you know, the FBI actually did a very good job back in the 1980s infiltrating and breaking down these groups. But, you know, it's even though we have this tendency to want to believe that this is law enforcement's job, there are things that can be done within the community. The Ku Klux Klan was completely bankrupted by a little old black lady from North Carolina. Lawsuits bringing those people to court taking away their resources, even though they're handing out millions of dollars to people like Kyle Rittenhouse, civil suits uh, are also another way of doing this. But you know what? What you can't do is 
cannot concede gra- this ground to the people who are extremists. Now, it's no secret that Thor Love and Thunder has turned out to be a fucking disastrous addition to an already struggling Marvel Phase 4, a lazy, paint-by-numbers kind of movie that squanders its talented cast on a script that feels like it was written by a hyperactive 12-year-old, featuring pointless, ego-stroking roles for its director and his girlfriend, and some of the worst CGI this side of Joss Whedon's Justice League. See, the success of Thor Ragnarok gave Taika Waititi a lot of creative freedom to make his next Thor movie, including the chance to write the script all by himself. And I think this is where Love and Thunder really went off the rails. See, Taika's clearly got a talent for comedy, and he's not exactly lacking in creativity and ideas, but the thing he does lack is focus and discipline. The behind-the-scenes footage make him look like a kid that's been turned loose in a candy store. He just wants to mess around, try out new ideas, experiment, have fun. He's not too worried about pesky little details like continuity, plot consistency, pacing, or maintaining an appropriate emotional tone. Now, that's less of a problem when you're doing some little indie movie or a quirky low-budget comedy show, but it's not so good when you're put in charge of a $200 million franchise film. Thor Love and Thunder is the gayest Marvel movie yet, written and directed by a man with the mind of a seven-year-old. And that's not even my take on the movie, that's what the people responsible for selling it to us are saying. I mean, really, if that doesn't get arses in seats, then I just don't know what will. If I was asked to sum this film up, I'd say that it's an uneven mess of a movie with contrived and deeply flawed storylines, visuals that look like a unicorn suffered a bout of explosive diarrhea over the screen, dialogue that indulges all the worst excesses of its predecessor, a cast of actors that are either way too good for this film or way too shit for any film, and an emotional tone that veers wildly from one extreme to the other, like me trying to drive home after two bottles of Jack Daniels. Watching Thor Love and Thunder is like sucking a fart out of an ass. Taika Waititi is a talented person, but is also kind of a one-trick pony. He's got a cool trick, but maybe the one time with Ragnarok is enough. Don't let him continue fucking up an already convoluted MCU timeline with his disregard for obvious plot holes so he can put in some shitty, unfunny jokes. Perhaps his desire to cast Natalie Portman in a Star Wars movie without realizing she'd already been in three should tell you he doesn't actually give a shit about anything to do with the franchise other than whatever the hell he thinks is clever at the time. A talented cast, the biggest budget you could ask for, and Guns and Fucking Roses couldn't even save this one. In conclusion... Thor Love and Thunder is Keanu Reeves taking his shit. Whoa. Taika Watiti, the ultra-woke director of Thor Love and Thunder and several other Marvel films and uh, has had a part in What We Do in the Shadows and uh, his movie Jojo Rabbit I think was really good, uh, has got himself into a bit of a trouble. This is after dubbing himself, uh, according to him, the the king of, of what is it? Um... I want to get this right. He called himself a gay icon, only to be canceled the day of his marriage. I've often said this about a lot of very progressive people, that uh, they wear their quote-unquote progressivism as uh, a shield, as a a tool to uh, uh, get away with being just awful people. And it always is very apparent when... They talk about people from the other side of the political aisle. Um, and this is a not a good day for Taika Watiti. Marvel director Taika Watiti has come under fire for resurfaced anti-trans tweets and for deadnaming Caitlyn Jenner. Now, deadnaming is the new 
uh, world's worst thing you can do to anybody on the planet. Uh, essentially, once a trans individual decides they want to change their name, whatever their old name is, you're not allowed to use it. Even if by mistake, it can lead to social media bans. Um, people can do it in a accidental way, which is most of the time. People can also weaponize it, which is exactly what Taika Watiti did. Um, people, I see people on the right do it too. Um, I don't love that. It seems like kind of a low blow. It's like calling someone fat or something like that. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to feel bad for people. Um, and Taika is, is incessantly woke. Um, talked about, uh, you know, Thor Love and Thunder being the, the gayest movie of all time. And, you know, it barely made any money. Thor. Thor of all things barely made any money. Abs in a six pack! A B S N A six the number P A C K dot com. <laughs> oh God! Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person to actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. <laughs> ha! The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate that you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs in a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. <laughs> this is Master Shake. Do something with your lives.